0: Hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast and also the other versions of today's show, July third, two thousand nineteen. It was a good show. Uh, we had Jay Stilberg in the studio. He actually joined us at the nine o'clock time slot, so you're going to hear him all the way. I think we went on over about ten minutes, over two hours. So that's going to be a good, good conversation. Check out uh, JayStillberg.com for all the info on him, and then also Jay Stillberg for Texas on Facebook. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that part of the upcoming, this upcoming episode. Also, want to say a special thanks to our sponsors. We have Bean Punk Coffee in the Montgomery and Conroe area for all your coffee and sweet treat needs. Visit them online at beanpunkcoffee.com for contact info and deals and of trivia nights they usually host. Uh, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning in the Montgomery County area. All your office cleaning needs uh, ranging from small to large-sized businesses to reoccurring businesses to one-time cleanings. Visit them online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com. And then, of course, our buddies with C3 Creative Content Creations. If you have any creation need, be it uh, PR or audio, video, whatever, c3thewoodlands.com to contact C3 Creative Content Creations. Uh, also want to let you guys know we don't have anyone lined up next week. Uh, as of right now, I'm not seeing any guests. So if you want to be a guest on Dick and Skippy in the Mornings, pre- please reach out to us. We have a call-in line now. That you can text, call, or even call in during the show. Reminder that is 936 228 9368. That's 936 228 9368. Or contact us on our social media, or uh, you can email us at dickinskippy at gmail.com. Again, uh, coming up next is going to be Jay Stilberg, who's in the studio. Again, that was a good conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you on uh, the other side. Cool
1: understood the whole religious stuff that comes into play there. I get it. Um, But these countries have 90 plus percent turnout in their Mm -hmm. elections, right? And that way you get definitely a more representative uh, electorate electing who they want to represent them, right? So, you know, we sit here sometimes and celebrate, oh my God, we had 55 percent turnout. That's great. Uh, when in, you look at it in the big picture, it's, it's horrendous, mm-hmm. but you know, we might say it's great because the previous election, there might've been 37% turnout, you know, which is abysmal. Both right. numbers are abysmal. So, uh,
2: so taking it like, like one step fur- further, uh, cause we, as we agreed on, we want it to be as convenient as possible mm-hmm. for people. What about, uh, is it worth looking into changing the laws to where you have to vote at your own precinct? Because another issue you with mean the on time day. day, yeah, yeah, because of course it's taken care of with early mm-hmm. voting and mm-hmm. and mail in voting and absentee, sure. and I get that. But on the day itself, you know, let's say for whatever reason you wait until election day, you live in the woodlands, you work in Houston, and. So on top of you not getting the day off on a national holiday, you've got to schlep back or wait for the polls to open at 7 a.m. and hope for the
1: best. Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, well, you know, the League of Women Voters of Montgomery County is actually pushing an initiative right now for essentially voting centers, if you will, Mm -hmm. as opposed to precinct voting on on election day. Is this where
2: you have like a facility where this table is for precinct 13 and this is yeah little- well
1: i think and i'll be honest i think they've changed kind of their i i haven't read their most recent proposal i know they've been to the commissioner's court and kind of talked about it it wasn't an agenda item but they kind of talked during the the public session um but i think they're plan right now and i could be wrong if somebody says i'm wrong you know correct me please uh but i think what they're kind of pushing right now is that they don't necessarily want to s- not have the precinct centers Because, you know, quite frankly, there are people that vote on Election Day, and they do it specifically because they walk down the street to their polling location. Right. Right? So if you didn't have those on Election Day, that might hinder them because they might not have a car. That's what they're used to. Um, But I think the thought is to let anyone go to any precinct voting location, no matter where yours is, to vote just like they do in early voting.
2: And I know that that would take a a, a significant expenditure – uh you'd almost have to change the infrastructure itself to to handle the extra Well, but I think I'm not it's also sure cost yet. worth
1: it. I'm not so sure you have to do that because we have an electronic voting system that already records votes. So if you know, you can't go to two places and vote once you've already voted. The system already says you voted, so it doesn't matter where you go. Um, just like early early voting, right? You can go any to the seven locations in early voting and if you go to one and two days later you want to go to another, you can't do it, right? The system right. already says you voted. Well the same thing's gonna happen. So the only difference is, is that, you know, you, you're not just voting in your, you know, what votes are coming into a precinct aren't just the precinct votes. But in our day of electronics, as far as vote tallying, I don't, I don't know that that's a hindrance. And I certainly don't know that it's an extra cost, quite frankly.
2: Okay. Do you think one day we're going to have like internet voting or app voting?
1: Uh, I you know, who knows? I mean, I you know, with technology, maybe that, that'll happen. But, you know, the, of course, the problem with that is how do you ensure the, you know, uh, security of our elections? That's exactly right. my problem. So, you don't have to
0: worry there. about that stuff. You'll be hooked up like the Matrix. So there's no apps. You just... Well, you think they're going to do they'll, that? They'll be chipped. They'll I was going to say, are they going to do that Mark, <laughs> that mark no, no.
2: of the Beast thing where, you know, we just stick your... That's what I always hated about Logan's Run, if you remember that, that movie from the 70s, because they all had that crystal on their left hand. On their palm to show when they're gonna die. Well, I'm left handed, so that'd be like damned annoying to be like trying to sign stuff. Yeah. You got this big old crystal on your palm.
1: Well, and I think, you know, over time here, we're gonna see, we're gonna get some some analysis on how this kind of voting center type of thing works, right? Because Harris County's doing it. So, um, you know, when they have some upcoming elections, they're gonna, they're switching to voting centers that you can go anywhere on election day to vote. So we're kind of gonna get some feedback from our neighbors to the south on kind of how these programs work. you know, and it you know, just because you have voting centers again, it doesn't have to be, you know, individual cutting out precinct. I was know, about locations. to say, I think
2: it should be a supplement to the existing. Yeah. And so, I would find it. I would be hard pressed to hear. Uh, no, I, I don't want to say hard pressed. I would be interested to hear the the argument against these centers. Yeah, why it would come out and. Uh, because I would feel someone against it would think, as you said, I don't think that the money expenditure would be that significant, or even if it were, I personally think it'd be money well spent, but that would be someone who'd want to not make it as convenient as possible
1: yeah, for voters. that's how I would kind of construe it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm with you on that. And I know traditionally, you know, it's, it's the GOP that's it's, it's stated that they're the ones that don't want people to vote, but I, I really think voter turnout in general uh, is awesome.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, especially educated voting. <laughs> well, I, I always <laughs> encourage people to, you know, you you guys know me. I mean, I'm somebody that encourages people to research candidates, vote for candidates and not parties, because uh, you're going to find that, you know, in every single race, it's candidates you should be looking at because, you know, and, and we'll see what happens with this, you know, no straight ticket voting anymore. In the state I'm of Texas, a so. huge,
2: huge fan of that.
1: So I don't, I don't know that this election uh, coming up in 2020, I, I'm not so convinced it'll make any difference, quite frankly. I, I think a lot of people are going to go into the polling places and kind of start yelling at the poll workers like, where's my box? Because they don't even know it's gone.
2: My sense is that straight ticket voting was purely for the, for the lazy. And if you're such a lazy voter that you can't because you don't have to vote on each person on the ticket.
1: That's right. You don't have to. You know, you to. can say,
2: I want the president, I want the vice president, I want congressman, and I want dog catcher. That's right. And, and so if you're so lazy that you can't push the button four times, then... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say we don't want your vote, but, y- you know.
1: I agree. I mean, it's, it's hard <laughs> to get... It's hard... It, 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 I admit it's hard for people to be educated, depending on where you live, about... The folks on the ballot, right? Mm -hmm. I think in Montgomery County, we have a little bit easier because we don't have, you know, a 45-page ballot when we vote, right? But, you know, for folks that live in a place like Harris County, I used to live in Harris County for a long time, and you go to the polls in Harris County, and, you know, it's pages and pages and pages, and you, I mean, you couldn't really possibly, (laughs) you'd have to have a second, you know, personal full-time job to go research all the candidates that are on the ticket, right? So, so I get it, you know, and I, but at the end of the day, I think that, uh, it's important to be educated about who you vote for and what the folks stand for. Cause I'll say it again, uh, you know, anytime you straight ticket vote, I guarantee there's at least one person on there that you're voting against your own interests, no matter what.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you push the button for. It's the same thing is true. So.
2: Now, don't get me wrong. Anyone who does try to take a vote, you have the right to vote. And I'm not a fan. You know, people say if you, if you don't vote, you don't have the right to complain about the country. Yeah, y- yeah, you do. It's not. A, I don't think it's a condition to having a you know voice. It's not, but it helps. It I does think help. You know, I get re- your argument. I refuse to have a battle of wits with an unarmed man. So you know, I, I like it when someone's edu- educated.
1: Yeah, for sure, and
2: and, and informed. Because uh, so you know, I grew up. I spent my youth growing up overseas, uh-huh. and so my the first election I ever voted in was the 84 presidential election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just turned 18 not that long earlier. And I was down in the Richmond-Rosenberg area, and I was in line for probably three hours. I think I actually voted at nine-something that night mm-hmm. um, because the line was just huge. And I was so – I after living so many years out of the country, I was so rah-rah, you know, mom, apple pie, God bless America, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the system – and it's never – I guess it's like they say, you know, the first high is always the greatest. Yeah. From that moment on, every election I've dealt with, it's like not enough people show up yep. or – What happened? Is, is, Did I just catch 1984 a particularly good time there? <laughs> Maybe. Or did so many people want I, – because I know Reagan pretty much swept it. Mm-hmm. Would want to get like one state? Sorry, sorry, Walter. But – All right, we're good. We're on, we had to move to YouTube. Oh, okay. Sorry to interrupt. So, Screw you, Facebook. Because am I the only one who was alive at that point in time? Alive? Yeah, you know. Like, what, in 1984? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Dick wasn't. Nope, I wasn't. I was. Okay, but you weren't voting though, right? I was you're, not. You're not, old because I had just been able to.
1: I was 11 in
2: 1984. Okay, so, but I'm sure you're respectful that. But what happened Let's since up. then? Voter turnout to me just seems to, I, I can't think of anyone waiting in line for three hours.
0: That's because everyone's illegal in this country. You didn't know that? We're like three fourths of illegals.
1: So they're not a lot of vote. Okay. I don't Jay, what are, <laughs> what are your are thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, He's baiting you, Jay. Yeah, he's trying to. It's so easy. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't I think the I'll be honest, I think today the Polarization of our politics has really turned a lot of people off, mm-hmm. and and they don't even want to deal with it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen to it. Um, and it's jaded them to a point that I think a lot of people just say, you know what, I everything's fixed. My it doesn't matter if I go vote or not. I'm not even going to waste my time. I honestly think that's that's part of. And, and, and by the way, this didn't just start two two and a half years ago. No. Right, this has been going on a while, and. Uh, uh, and and that's what i think ha- has kind of happened that's my opinion mm-hmm. you know i i'm not sitting here because i've read studies on this or anything that's just my opinion i mean talking to people you know there's so many people that just don't even want to even have a whiff of a discussion about politics mm-hmm. it just disgusts them well for, it's like the thanksgiving
2: at home you know let's not <laughs> right. talk and uh, you know my sister. It was funny because my sister was like the high-priced corporate attorney. Um, you know, Cambridge University, William and Mary. So Law the better School. one, yeah. Very oh, time yeah. kind of telling. <laughs> um, but she was slightly left of Mao. I mean, she was just extraordinarily liberal. And uh, you know, for the new listeners, the people that don't know, Jay Jay uh, ran on the Democratic ticket for uh, county judge, and unfortunately came in second. <laughs> He uh, placed, as they say in, in horse racing terms. Right. So you know, you didn't show, but you placed. So that's good. Uh, and you know, there's no me. I, I, I lean right. So uh, one thing I love about discussing with Jay is that we can have civil discourse and conversation, even if we, you know, vehemently. No, oh, I thought with it was the stance.
0: There's your, your right leg was shorter.
2: That's that's too. We, <laughs> that's we, we take this well. thing. Uh, oh shoot, where was oh oh? But my sister, who was the you know build you know three thousand dollars an hour kind of thing, you know. Was was insane liberal, and I'm the starving artist guy who was conservative. Yeah, and that just really so, so at family gatherings, you know, we unfortunately couldn't talk. We she and I could joke about it, sure. um, but you you know, I think my sister was one of the lone liberal. I was in a military family, mm-hmm. so traditionally, you know, father we're we're, we're eating apple pie every day kind, right. kind of stuff. So that's how I was raised. Uh, but that was just one of the things that we couldn't get too much into it. And Lord forbid a discussion like abortion came up. Yeah. Um, You know, I'd side with her on many issues, but I'd have to be the silent majority because, Mm -hmm. of you know, my uh, others, I don't want to say others in the family, but just, you know, the milieu. So unfortunately it is that point where there's polarizing topics. And I think by nature they're polarizing, you know, talking about abortion. I don't think any one side is going to wake up one Tuesday morning and go, you know what, you guys are right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, the Israeli, Israel, Palestine. No one's gonna just gonna say, "Guys, we're wrong, you're right." Take it. Yeah. It's by its nature, it's polarizing. So to debate it in a polarizing way just is so you don't get any return on the investment.
1: Yeah, you know, and and you know, you kind of hit a point for me that again we've talked about many times, and that's kind of civil discourse and being mm-hmm. able to have a debate about a topic and do it in a civil fashion and and. You know, much like I tell people, you know, I don't pick my friends based on, you know, a party affiliation. I pick my friends on, based on character actions and abilities. Um, and if we disagree on certain political topics, then we disagree on certain political topics. And, and, and I'm okay with that. I can be friends with people that I disagree with on topics. And, 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 and that's, you know, the important thing is, is that we really have to have conversations about difficult topics. We have to have that ability, you know. We have to be able to talk about abortion. We have to be able to talk about immigration. Uh, we have to be able to talk about, <laughs> funny, healthcare. You know, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't think healthcare is this volatile topic to talk about, but for some people it is. Um, you know, so but but we can't be afraid to talk about these things. And and you know, people that you know, I I find for me, you know, having run for office and people, you know, like know who I am and. Uh, When I do things like this, I think it's important that I set an example about how you can have a civil conversation about a a, a topic that people don't necessarily like to be civil about. Mm. Um, Because I think it's important. And and the other part of this equation I think is really important is that when we have a a conversation or a debate about one of these topics, that that we're using facts. And, And that is part of the problem, I think, with how polarized some of these topics have become is... Is that the, the, the facts are not being used uh, on you know both sides all the time about the topic we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know these things uh, with <clears throat> Facebook and social media and Twitter and Instagram and all those things. Uh, pe- you know you can disseminate whatever you want to. You can say whatever you want to, and, and it, in my opinion, you should be able to say what you want to. Um, but I think it's also incumbent on people that read it. Um, if they look at, you know, an article that may be in there or somebody shares something that if, if you read it and kind of go, really, because I do, I mean, I, I'll read articles and I go, wow, that's interesting. And so I'll go do some research. <clears throat> you know, I, I've become uh, very good at using the Google machine. And, and I sift through. That's even bad, too. Well, it depends on how you use it, though, right? I mean, you have that's to understand. That's what I said to Sean, and
0: I, we disagree on
1: that. Have, you know, you have to understand when you put, you know, the way you kind of word something to search and, and what comes up, and, and you can't just pop, you know, click on one well, thing. Well, you have and, to look at
2: the source of the search result. For sure. And,
1: and I, that's why I love getting two competing
2: views somewhere in the middle of the truth.
1: That's know, right. You know? That's And that's why I like to read several articles about the same thing from all different kinds of sources from both sides of the equation because all mixed in, all of that is going to be the facts.
0: And if you um, don't, you'll end up like Antifa and the Proud Boys, right? And and, and the Proud Boys, oh, which oh. are the opposite end. So <laughs> if you only read one source, you're just joining Antifa, guys. So just read more than one source. You,
1: you do. I mean, and truthfully, you have to watch more than one source. Oh, for sure. Right? Well, I mean.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the influence people have on each other today, I wonder if they did a study about who would you listen to, The The Courier, or would you listen to USA Today, and it, both same writers, but clearly USA Today has more resources on, you know, expanded stories. But well, you, they also
2: have a color weather map, <laughs> but the Courier doesn't.
0: Well, it's true. So you trust them more because they know more, right?
2: Well, they have they can afford color,
0: so. Right. But no, I think it's just well, I meant more of just what influences people. Where where's that strength, and especially if you're running for office, you got to yeah. tap into those strengths. And yeah. that's why the scary world is the technology. The older generations are kind of migrating to understand what this new technology and how can it help them, but they're not utilizing it. Similar to, you know, Hillary Clinton not using it well enough, and then especially today's folks yeah. just making blanket statements. And you're like, okay, well, that's just a 128 character tweet. Like, <laughs> what, what else you got? And.
2: Well, because you have these, you know, the fact. Let's say there's a debate going on, and the day after they have, we check the facts and this and that. The technology exists. Wouldn't you like there to be like the game show buzzer (laughs) on each podium in a debate? So, you know, my client is a practicing philanthropist, and you know, something like that, where it's instantaneous. I got to word this next thing very carefully because I don't want to end up on yet another watch list. But hypothetically, I think one of the best things that might happen that could happen in this country is some kind of EMP. Uh, you know, an electrom- I'm, and I'm not promoting this, so you know NSA, back off. But I'm just saying, we are so integrated with this, this instant technology to get off this this. We're on it's like a roller coaster, just this, yeah. this ever increasing speed, just to have something happen to where not everyone is surgically attached to what they think is. Truth of the touch of a button. For sure. Where you're forced to, hey, let's go to the library, let's research, let's read this, let's find different sources. Yeah. Let's not have a knee-jerk reaction. Think we have knee-jerk reactions to everything, because it's instantaneous.
1: Yeah, it is. And and, and you know, I'm always amazed, you know, I'll come home from work and you know, my my grandmother lives with me and she's eighty nine years old. I didn't know that. Hey yeah. grandma,
2: is she listening in?
1: I'm sure she's probably not. She's <laughs> she's probably having her coffee watching the Today Show or something. Well, I'm watching my um,
0: shows. Don't join the proud boys,
1: but, grandma. Don't the, do it. But the funny thing is, is I'll come home from work and she'll be like, you know what I read on my phone today? And and the truth is she has a more advanced iPhone than I do. Um, <laughs> and and my,
2: my mom has a flip phone still.
1: And I remember I came home one time and she she has a friend that used to be a neighbor of ours and they got transferred to France a couple years ago, almost three years ago. I hope they're coming back soon. But uh, anyway, she, she'll be like, Oh, I FaceTimed with so-and-so. And I'm like, you you know how to FaceTime. <laughs> well, I was like, you're more advanced it. than I am. Um, but but she's funny because she'll be like, you know what I read on my phone today, and she'll tell me whatever, and I'll be like, now what news source was that? And she goes, I don't know, I read it on my phone. It's it, it's on Facebook. It's almost like it's got to be true. Yeah. I read it on my phone, and and I try to explain to her like, Grandma, you know that everything you read on your phone's not true, right? Um, but and you're like, what? <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs>
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead,
0: no, was, and I think that's something that it, it's funny where we're coming to a tipping point where people take Facebook and Google and now it's everyone's guessing their own platforms where it's like, what do you do? How do you police it? And whose fault is what? When it comes down to, we're talking about Google. Oh, is there individuals literally pulling levers saying no more of this certain word? Or is it more of just, that's just what the computer algorithm came up with because of, Human nature developing it that
2: way. Well, remember every computer is programmed by. Humans, I was going to so, say, <laughs> so there's that, but there. Well, I, no, I, well,
0: I know, but it's kind of like when Microsoft released that AI on Twitter, and then and within a week, it's racist. So it's like, oh, because it based itself on other people tweeting at it, and then that's what it came up with.
2: Yeah, there was another one I read this yesterday that some company—I got to remember what the company was—they had this thing where uh, they would show you a picture of a T-shirt with your design on it. You just send it in. And so they are sending, congratulations, you joined the club. And people would be sending in stuff like, you know, Hitler was innocent yeah. and stuff. And so now this company's accused of being racist when they were just idiots yeah. and not yeah. having a filter on. You know, we're not going to automatically, you type anything you want and we'll pretend to put it on a T-shirt, take a picture of it and send it back to you and <laughs> with our congratulations thing. So, again, you know, you can have all the algorithms you want. And no one yeah, complains on about
0: that. a company sending poop to people. <laughs>
2: Was the mad pooper? Does he got a? No, Amazon could, there's thing? a
0: company that sends poop to people for you.
2: For oh oh like like dead roses kind of thing. Yeah, like any okay. kind of poop. More well, long as it doesn't I break mean, any laws, but but I think in regards to you saying like the Google thing, there needs to be a Peta stronger distinction because it's there, but it's not really enforced between a platform and a publisher. And one crosses when one crosses line to publisher, that's it. And it's much like having a news anchor becoming a pundit or a commentator. I don't think you can be both uh, and be at least a legitimate source. Well, do you think that mindset
0: of following those kind of sources and being influenced by, you know, things you read on, do you think that's a generational thing where the younger generations are becoming so fine-tuned of what's really happening where it's like, oh, three sources, you know, that kind of stuff. So in 40 years from now, how do people who want to influence people, how do you do it? Do we pay the Kardashians 2 or 2.0 or whatever or like – where do you see it being where people get influenced?
1: Well, I, I think that, well, first of all, you know, if we look back at, you know, the older generation, you know, they they had folks like Walter Cronkite. At mm-hmm. one point, he was like the most trusted person in the country. Um, and what did he do? He, he read the news. <laughs> um, and those are the days when people, you know, I, I mean, I even remember when I was young, I'd go to my grandparents' house and they were die-hard CBS Evening News with Dan Rather watchers, and uh, we'd watch the news, and they, you know, when they, if it was on the news, it was like the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and in those days, e- even when I was young, you know, that was fairly true with network evening news shows. I mean, even today with network evening news shows, you know, even if you look at the spectrum of left and right and center, uh, the evening news shows do keep themselves pretty centered because... It makes sense, but at the end of the day, they only have 30 minutes to cover the news, right? They don't just focus on politics. They talk about all the news.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, for, for the most part, they stay pretty good at staying central, but they don't give you a lot of information because they only have 20 seconds to talk about a story, right? We're a so, soundbite society. You know, and, and we are a soundbite society. And so, you know, when, when you look at the pundits or the, you know, the opinion shows, if you will, you know that's where you that's where you're looking at the Fox News and you're looking at the MSNBCs and and those types of you know TV shows. They're they're more opinion shows and I think some are use facts more than others, um, but they're opinion shows at the end of the day. That that's what they are. That's what they get ratings for, and that's why they get paid because they bring ratings in. So, um, and and who you are as a person kind of dictates what which of those shows you watch, and and do you watch just one or do you watch a variety and try to get a mix of what's going on uh and it's hard to get people to do that um so so influencing people can be difficult especially today how how do you influence people right because the things that influence people today are are uh kardashians shocking things but kardashians yeah how drinking water can kill
2: you Uh, and i remember when that went down i'm trying to. I'm trying to look up what the actual percentage was, but back when uh, The Daily Show was run by uh, Jon Stewart, Stewart. so many, and I enjoyed watching it. It was very biting satire, but it was satire. But then some report came out that said a disproportionately large percentage of people and of them eligible voters viewed The Daily Show as their daily news News intake. Yeah, their news source. And that scared the snot out of me. Because it was satire; it was made up stuff. Yeah, but do those people vote? If it's like an insanely popular show in the demographic of eighteen to forty-nine year olds, and a percentage of them vote, then yeah, sure.
0: I mean, do they really though? I don't think they vote. I think I don't. I think a, low, a higher percentage of
2: people. If watch you're going to watch, the daily watch show a politically and driven, get
0: influenced by it, don't really vote.
2: If you're going to watch a show that's primarily driven by political satire, then you're into politics enough to want to
1: vote. Mm. I think I think Dick's oh, skeptical. I disagree. It's really funny
2: that Dick and I disagree more than you and I disagree. <laughs> you bleeding heart liberal, you. I just had to throw it out there to get you know spike the ratings. You commie.
0: Well, I think that what's interesting too, and this is why I really wanted Jay to come in because you do know, you are a registered Democrat, and especially with and what I hate about the political spectrum is well, let's
1: be clear. I don't mean to interrupt. But okay, sorry. What did I say wrong? So. I'm not a registered Democrat oh, because in the state of Te- in the state of Texas we don't register ourselves really? as Democrats or Republicans. You
2: just announce it. Uh, you, just, a primary. you
1: just you just register to vote okay. in Texas. You don't choose a party, and you get affiliated with a party in Texas by what primary you vote in. So okay. So yeah, I can, yeah, So okay. in Montgomery County, for example, you know, previous to 2018, when there were several Democratic candidates, there were there were usually very few Democratic candidates, if any, and. So what you'll find, what we found w- going through uh, the, the voter rolls is that many, 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 many of the Democrats in Montgomery County were labeled as Republicans because they voted in the Republican primaries because that was their only choice that they had to go vote. <laughs> wow. So they voted in Republican primaries. I'll and the way it works the numbers, is that's man. how they get identified in the state okay. as Republican or Democrat. You don't. You don't register as one or the other in this state. Other states you do, but not, not the states. Did I
0: didn't know that. Well, the way I, the reason I was bringing that up because you bring a different perspective from the, the typical Montgomery County perspective, I would <laughs> say. But one thing with that is with politics, to me it's more of a local thing than a state, like a state or a countrywide thing mm-hmm. because there's so many people, so many states, they're all different, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to take a complex issue like, you say, abortion and then apply that to all 50 states. I think there's the normal laws like murder and things, but even each state has a different perspective of murder. When like, and especially we have our own. I mean, there's a little different system of you know, going, or, or going the through the court. Form or the punishment for Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For, so it's like, yeah. uh, But when it comes down to running for office and getting people to like you, especially I always like the primaries because that's where people really show their colors because of is there unity or is it more of like, I gotta separate myself from these other people who we all kind of have the same ideas, but how do I sh- outshine them? because yeah. it's kind of that's where the creativeness comes from.. Yeah. And especially with today's cell phone te- age, it's like, all right, so I gotta be a really good Instagram person to really <laughs> attach to people who will pay attention to me on Instagram. Do you see that being an issue on influencing people what they say, especially when they're trying to just, I would say, like we're talking about pandering, the word pandering, because mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. going to pander one way or another. It's just kind of like, what perspective do people see you pandering? Sure. Because kind of like for a lot of people were weirded out by, what I read was uh, Beto O'Rourke speaking Spanish, kind of randomly out of left <laughs> yeah. field. And you're like, oh man, so is he pandering or is he, you know, just bringing a different angle to a debate? Yeah. Have you called that
2: a debate? I believe the contemporary nomenclature is keeping it real. Well, I mean, that's
0: what I'm saying. A lot of people saw, man, that was kind of pandering, wouldn't it be? And then, uh, But really, does it have an influence? Does that influence yeah. people? And what did you say from the debate, It influenced
2: Cory Booker to pipe
0: up. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, that's what they're <laughs> sitting there looking, at, they're all on the same kind of team, in a sense. Yeah. But it's kind of like, all right, how do I make sure I outbest this person next I to me? I believe there yeah. were at least a
2: dozen other people up on that stage going, damn it, I should have thought about that.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And then I was like, okay, so this is going to get interesting.
2: So I wanted to get your perspective of – you know, you're sitting
0: there and you're listening to these guys because it, it is kind of wild to see where it goes, especially when, yeah. uh, you know, next year when the Republicans get together and they're going to be like, imagine that conversation. Who's going to be up next to him? Because we got to put someone up next to Trump. We can't just have Trump up there for the primaries. we got to put somebody up. And, you know, there's a couple of people going, like, I really don't like this Trump guy. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one going up against him, not just so I could be next to him, but mm-hmm. against him. But with the Democratic Party, everyone's kind of the same in a sense. So how do, you, how do you see that working in the future with what's going on? with Yeah,
1: that? well, you know, first of all, you know, just to talk about primary elections. They're, first they're of fun. all, right. So, so primary elections are an interesting animal. And, 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 and this is part of, you know, a fascinating part of politics for me, is that primary voters are very different than general election voters. And primary voters are typically voters that are more on the extreme ends of the political spectrums. Mm-hmm. Those are typically primary voters. A lot of general election voters do not vote in primaries if you, if you mm-hmm. look at the numbers. So, and and given the fact that a lot of these primary voters are more towards the ends of the spectrum, not the center of the spectrum, the difficulty that, uh, you know, can. I'll call it contestants, candidates, whatever you want to say, have in primary elections is that they're trying to win the primary, Yeah. but they have this certain demographic of people that vote in primaries. So how can they separate themselves based on what those people believe in, right? The, if you want to call it the ultra progressives or mm-hmm. what in the yeah. Democratic Party case. So so how do you do that if if maybe you're not necessarily the most ultra progressive candidate? Because, you know, those of us that certainly speak Spanish, those of us that are certainly in politics, recognize that uh, the majority of the country is centric. Yeah, uh, you, you don't. Well, he- that's the issue. You don't yeah. hear a lot about. They don't make the, the fact headlines that because they don't make headlines. They don't say outrageous things. They don't do typically outrageous things. Um, but in a primary, those folks are not the folks that vote. So, so how do you earn their vote? when you're in a primary especially you know i mean if we look at the democratic presidential primary 24 candidates how do you how do you, how do you get people to choose you well yeah. you guys right? can no
2: longer laugh at the 17 gop candidates true. the last time
1: that's true so you know, at least they didn't talk about hand sizes and stuff. This <laughs> right.
2: And drinking water too.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, that was State of the Union. The uh, yeah. Marco Rubio's Watergate. Yeah. So,
1: so, so, so it's a challenge, right? So, how do you do it? Well, you have to differentiate differentiate yourself somehow, but you have to understand voters too. I mean, I mean, for me, it's about, you know, I, I want to go run for a race and and win an election because I believe in public service and I want to help people. Yeah. Right. I recognize that. You know, I, I'm hopeful that one of these days, if I get in a race, I'll actually win. And uh, and if that happens, then I recognize the fact that if I do win a race, I don't get elected to just serve the people that vote for me. I, I get elected to serve everybody that's in my district or in my precinct or whatever it is. Um, and, and you have to, you know, you have to be able to use that, ooh, that bad word, compromise, Um <laughs> to be able to get things done Mm -hmm. that that's for the greater good of everybody um and and i don't think enough people recognize those things uh so that's why we get this conversation about pandering or whatever but the bottom line is is that you know what he can speak spanish he used it because you know he he can directly talk to people that other people can't directly talk to i was it um was it an odd it was odd. I it was, was
2: simultaneously odd. enthralled and I don't want to say repulsed, but it was just like well played, sir. It's stupid, but well played. I, I, you know, I had very conflicting emotions on yeah, this. It. Like so, I know
1: what you're doing, but you did it. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people probably maybe had those feelings. I don't know. Uh, but but again, the you know the the to me the issue in our politics is you know if you do something and. Uh, you know, someone might say, oh, that was great that you did that. I'm so happy you did that. But you might get somebody else who's like, oh, you're just pandering or you're doing whatever. You're never going to get away from that ever well, Jay, in, if I, in politics.
2: If I can cut in with that, because you, you you said something that really struck with me just a second ago. You said, you know, you win a race, even if you win with 50% of the vote, which is no longer, uh, you know, given anymore, you can win with 40% of the vote mm-hmm. in certain cases or something like that. So on the whole – Unless you're Chairman Mao or Kim Jong-un, not everybody's voted for you. Up to half the people have not voted for you. Correct. You're in office, so is it now incumbent on you to win over uh that's not what i'm looking for but you know to say listen i'm representing you too you may you may hate my guts and everything i stand for but i am your representative now so
1: how do we yeah i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's you know your your responsibility to win all those people over i mean that's not your goal um I, i think your goal as an elected official should be that you're transparent about what you're doing, you're transparent about your position, you give reasons for your position, and those reasons are based on facts and data. Um, and if somebody doesn't accept that, I, there's nothing I can do you know, as a candidate or should I get elected someday to an whatever office, there's nothing I can do to, to sway somebody's mind if I'm saying, here's how I stand on this issue, here's why I stand uh, this way on this issue, here are the facts, Here's the supporting evidence of those facts. That's why. And, you know, if, if somebody doesn't <clears throat> agree with that, there's nothing else I can do to convince somebody, right? They, and Maybe they just disagree with me, even though the facts Well,
0: that's one thing I always wonder.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, I, I can't do anything to change their mind on that.
0: Y'all know more about the fundamentals when it comes to government. When it comes to, say, a person in the Texas Senate voting on... They're all voting together. How often, or how many votes do they make a year?
1: Like in a session? Are you talking? Yeah. About? Like
0: how many? How many times do they well, actually have the you know the red light, green light, or whatever? Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Call it? So,
1: so let me put it this way, just to throw some numbers out. I mean, this this legislative session. Okay. There was about uh, ten thousand bills introduced during okay. this legislative session. And this okay. is in the te- Texas state or the United States? Texas okay. state legislature. Okay. So they had about 10,000 bills that were introduced. Now, of course, all those bills don't go to a vote. Some of those bills never get to a committee. I mean, they just don't go anywhere, right? They die right away. Uh, the other bills that go off through the process. So, in the process of doing that, they 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 uh, passed about 1,400, and I think 30, 1,429. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. 1,429 bills passed. Okay, so they the voted
0: 1,429 times.
1: And so, but there's also, and I don't know the exact number, but there's probably several thousand of those bills that they voted on that didn't pass,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, so they vote on thousands of bills. Yeah, because
0: I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of like listen to you and I go, I always wonder why, and this has always been used against people, it's like your previous voting record. I'm like, why don't you create something in a sense of kind of like what the judges do in the Supreme Court? Is you you write your reasoning? I don't know the I don't know what the law the the law of term is the they write an opinion opinion. Mm-hmm. So I was like I don't understand why <clears throat> they don't kind of do that. And that way there's documentation of like oh I really was present for this bill and I really did put some thought into it. It wasn't yeah. just because someone gave me a money check and said vote yes. But I mean like to me that's how that, that's how you be a, uh, a leader. It's like I did have some input on this. Mm-hmm. And there here's you don't have to do a four hour YouTube video of it, it's just kind of like you just write out your reasoning, and then there you go. And so when everyone's trying to challenge you, or you want to, have to give examples, like you go, hey, I have thousands of sure. documents.
1: Well, and you know, I I can't say I disagree with you now. I, could, I couldn't imagine writing an opinion on 5,000 well, things That's what I'm saying. Like, that on. seems
0: unreasonable,
1: now but, that but, I know that. But, and, at the, but at the end of the day, you know, here's the deal, right? Because the, th- the only thing, and I hate to say it this way, but it's true, the only thing the public cares about are those bills that Became very uh, open in the public. You can't, they made can't the news. My. They were controversial bills. You had to pump they, your own gas, right? Well, people care for the bills. Remember
0: that bill in Oregon where they they had to pump their own gas <laughs> yeah. and it freaked them out. That was great. And it depends on what you care about. So well,
2: that's the whole point. People, right? the news sources. People tune into the news sources that tell them kind of what they want to hear yeah. or that will justify their pre-existing mindset people want to listen to the politicians or vote for the politicians that have the soundbite that the one soundbite that they can latch on to mm-hmm. um and that's the issue because you're talking about those who've been in in service public service for a while you know just my normal life i know that i'm not exactly mercurial but as i've gotten older or wiser or dumber or whatever i've been wildly anti-death penalty and wildly for death penalty. Mm-hmm. I have been flaming liberal to staunch conservative, depending on my mood, the day, the year, sure. whatever. So to have to justify a voting record, it could just be listen, I thought that then, I think this now.
1: That's my that's yeah. my, my sense on it. Yeah, well and and the truth is, I mean people people can grow over time on their thoughts on certain topics. Uh, Our world shifts Mm -hmm. its general thinking over the course of time. You know, how how people, for example, and Joe Biden's dealing with this now, right? His record from the 70s and that stuff in the Senate. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, the world was kind of looked at differently in those days than it is today.
0: But no one wants to apply that. Right? So...
1: So in those days, his stance on things might have been what was socially accepted in those days as being the right answer uh, by a majority of the people, where maybe today that same exact topic is not treated the same way socially by a majority of the population, right? So the mindset shifts, the thought processes shift, and, and you know, for me, this is the reason people shouldn't be in government for 40 or 50 years. Well, that's a good <laughs> point, although you could
2: also track the evolution of someone as well because if you, I'll just devil's advocate that. Let's say, okay, you've got four years total. What if that's the four years with me where I was anti what I am yeah. now? I don't have a, a sure. chance then to. Then you run again and make up for it. Well, if you're in a term limit, you can't run again. That's the whole point. Ever again. No, just have a break for that office anyway. Yeah, yeah, again, but not for that office. True, Uh, but of the three of us in this room, I'm by far the oldest, and I remember, and I've talked about this many times with people, especially youngsters, especially when I was, uh, you know, when I was directing Happy Days. I had not only people who weren't alive in the '50s when the show was set, but also the '70s when the show was on, and pointing out back then we had the only way I can phrase it is, is like casual racism. You know, we had. TV commercials with with Chinese stereotypes about, you know... The, we had the Archie about. Bunker. Well, yeah, well, I mean, Carol O'Connor, who, uh, you, you <laughs> know, was not that, talk about a fine actor, uh, but that was to hold up the mirror. But, I mean, we'd have every day... We had the Frito Bandito. Yeah. Uh, we'd have uh, Ancient Chinese Secret for a laundry detergent. We, you know, you watch Mad Men and think, oh, my God, I was alive for that. That was yeah. how it was. I'm not saying it was right? But, and I've said this many times, you can't judge yesterday's actions by today's standards. Yeah. You, you know, back when Joe Biden was, you know, hugging on, hey, look at the gams on that gal or hiring the secretary for their chest size, that's what it was. It's wrong. But back then, it was what uh, socially acceptable. So it's this fine line that I walk when I try to tell people that, you know, we talk about happy days, for instance, you know, and let's say about the good old days, but those ha- same happy days had two sets of water fountains. Yeah. And it's how it was. So if I was alive back then, you can't give me guilt by association that he was alive in the fifties. And I'm I'm gonna segue this into the the Betsy Ross shoes thing for the next segment. But you can't judge anyone alive in the fifties, just you know the, the fact that they were just alive in the fifties because uh, there were you know water fountains for blacks and whites. Well, I think yeah. that
0: that story in particular, I don't know how true that is. That's being reported. I mean, that's like to me like an intern overheard a conversation. And it's like. Oh, Kaepernick was the reason. Yeah, right.
2: Well, I need to see. We need to see (laughs) if Nike has has released a statement on that. But even if it's true, even if Colin Kaepernick said, "Hey, I'm I'm offended by anything that's from the 18th century," and Nike said, "Okay, we didn't spend that much in the sweat house, anyways, to make them," so let's just.
0: Then they what, Who cares? What they'll do is after the fourth, they'll release them for a higher I was about price. to say,
2: nobody <laughs> broke the law unless you want to talk about the, the Nike labor laws in Singapore or something. But, I mean, <laughs> Kaepernick, I don't agree with many of his stances. I but think, do we know he really said that? Like, did he put
0: it on Twitter? By, to be like, hey, these shoes don't – By suck. now,
2: Kaepernick and or Nike would have released a statement to the contrary, I believe. And, of course, this is a developing story. But – So what? Kaepernick, Kaepernick, however you pronounce it, is fully allowed to espouse his position. And he's got a powerful platform that he's their spokesman. And he says, I don't want to do this. He's allowed to. And I've got people, I'm going to burn my Nikes. I'm going to buy Converse only. And it's just, it's got to be hair on fire.
0: That's how it's going to be, though, for the... I mean, for the I think remaining it's, of social media. It's incumbent, on, it's incumbent on, on us to
2: call it. I, something I did yesterday, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like all the news outlets. And Channel 11 on their Facebook page, KHOU, put out a a question, and it just incensed me. Uh, it was uh, – actually, there were two of them, but one was about the, the video of the lady eating the ice cream oh. and sticking back in the thing. Yeah. Okay? And the question KHOU Channel 11 asked was, should this person face criminal charges? And so it was a yes, no question. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hanger, hanger, this and that. <laughs> and I... Cut off her tongue. <laughs> and, well, I piped up saying there is absolutely no context for this video. There's no secondary source. Ch- K- show, you didn't go to Kroger or wherever, H-E-B, and say, can we look at your surveillance footage? This could be that the woman, hey, put the camera on me. I like it, put it up, and then turn off the camera and then go buy it. So the, this news source is asking, should she face criminal charges? Which, no, there is no evidence. You can convene a grand jury to see if the DA should even file charges, you know. And I had put it out there, and I was heartened that many people started going, well, that actually makes sense. So,
0: well, we, you know, t- well I mean well, especially with the social media and the, what people react to and also the expectation we take words and now they're everyone uses the same words and I guarantee you a lot of the impeachment talk is just because how much that word is searched and how it works with the media because what what freaks me out when you use words like Nazis and concentration camps and those kind of words that you know 20 years ago resonated a different meaning and today, it's so freely used by media, by individuals, and everything like that. What's going to happen in the next election and when it, it's over? What is everyone going to be using? Because, like, for example, the impeachment, I'm afraid everyone's just going to say, if you lose, that's the word they're going to say for the next five, four years, for mm-hmm. the next president, no matter who it is. It's like, hey, we should impeach this guy. Yeah. It sells it sells media. It sells mm-hmm. uh, like you know, social media, and it's like, let's just focus on this one word where you're kind of like, that's not how everything works, guys. All right. But in reality, no one cares. They just want to use that word and right. and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, especially with the Kaepernick, he's going to lose his clout. And I think, you know, Nike knows what they're doing. I think they they play that social media game because no one's up in arms about their slave labor. They're, they're, I mean, clearly no one really cares about that. So I think they're just kind of trying to, they're treading that line. Let's be in this news. Let's not be in the news for this, but let's be in the news for that. And if we create controversy that we can control, we can ride that line. Pretty well.
1: Well, and the controversy that they've been riding is is profitable. Yeah, right. For sure. I mean, since they decided to partner with Kaepernick, their stock price has gone par- up. They're, what partners? I mean, like they're worth more money. They sell more stuff. I mean, from a business sense, they made the right decision. Yeah. And then we right. basically
0: just throw his name in because clearly he's in the board of directors now he's making the decisions of what shoes to make.
2: Well, see, the business decision was based... It was a good business decision. Uh, No, sorry. It was a sound financial business decision. It was financial. I don't believe it was a good business decision in the sense that a shoe company who has a long history of of labor violations, I'll I'll phrase it like that, has taken the... Mm -hmm. Stance of we are a political influencer. They they got Kaepernick for a reason because they knew he was polarizing. So they said someone somewhere said, "Okay, we are now changing our company to be." Well, Nike's
0: always been trying to sell empowerment to people because it's basically the the smoke and mirrors. But it's empowerment
2: for all. That's the thing. And and by hiring someone who's polarizing, that up to half of. No, they're. they're, they're People they're, don't like it. He stands against what they stand they for. They
0: definitely divide up what they're trying to target audience. I mean, they have a women's division, a men's division, a kids' division, and they're probably just adding on, like, hey, we got to add t- 10% of all that into a political, like, you know, political kind of talk, and then they'll go into other well, stuff. Well, let me
2: give you the flip side. Uh, what I'm trying to say for the longest time under Herb Kelleher, Southwest Airlines did not lay, ever lay off a single person. It was his business model. He said, We do not lay off anybody. That was a good business decision, but a bad, financially sound business decision. It's the exact opposite that a lot of financial opportunities were squandered as a result. But it was good because he was a good guy. We trusted him. He did something as to, a to stance. When he, I think he left before he passed away, and that changed as a result to where people were laid off. So the money was better, but now Southwest is just like everyone else. So there's nothing <clears throat> particular to them. It's going to sound funny. When Mad TV came out the, the first time, one of the things they said was, none of our sketches on the show will not have a single bit that's over four minutes long. Because they wanted to keep it separate from Saturday Night Live, which is drag on and on and on and on. And after two seasons, they they changed that. It became less of a show because it was like, well, we need – Longer, you know, we need to be like it. So, to change, there's a difference between a sound financial decision and a good decision. I know I sound like I'm but I think they'll hairs. be all right. I think they're too big to fail. Oh, I, I don't want them to fail. They're, they're, they're free to sell whatever they want. Not they, in
0: Arizona, man.
2: What are they doing over there? Okay. Why are you hating on Arizona this morning?
0: <laughs> well, some leader over there was like, oh, you're not going to get your tax incentives because of a shoe. Way to go, Nike. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know. It's just to me, it's so funny. Like, I, I, I made the joke where I was like, oh, they're gonna make a gender neutral shoe. And I'm like, well, let's see how that goes.
2: Well, this is what cracks me up more than anything else. According to the US flag code, it is technically illegal or, or at the very least frowned upon, but it's actually in the code. So I don't know the legality of it that you can't wear a representation of the flag on clothing. So is this like a Bible thing where it's like the new?
0: This is the code of how to from how to treat a, a it's like, flag.
1: It's like flag etiquette.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like. Uh, who wrote that? Is it like the part of the army or something like in the? UK,
2: I would presume it's
1: congressional. I I don't know who wrote it.
2: But. I would presume it's a congressional document, but it's actually the flag code, which is when a flag is to be retired because it's been you you yeah. know you cut off the stripes, you burn this, you bury so I that. I should have done that, huh? Well, that's the thing. Technically, <laughs> no, you're not supposed... Unless it's on the flag, you can't have... But Team USA, every every time at the Olympics, has a flag. We have, you know, uh, servicemen and women have the U.S. flag patch on their uniforms. We, do. Uh, we Nike wants... And there's Betsy, a certain way you have to wear it as Yeah, well. it's
1: always got to be facing... Uh, it's always like uh, it's blowing in the in, wind. In the
2: wind, which is why sometimes you see the flag backwards on their, their patches. Uh but we have, you know, flags on shoes, and maybe you know the Betsy Ross shoe will come out. But technically, you're not; it's illegal to do it.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think again that's the influence. Do you think that really influences a good amount of people it. who care about that? Like, I won't buy Nikes anymore because of this.
2: For every, in my perspective, I think every client Nike lose lost over Kaepernick, they gained one point two. And same thing with the shoes thing. Well, the shoes, I think it was just a stupid decision just in general because it, it, it made them sound weak. You, well, you're yeah, talking about think, Nike being empowerment, well, but they're I, like, I'm not kidding. It looks like Kaepernick said, this, I don't like this shoe. This, okay, we won't put this it This
0: source, I bet it was. it's basically overheard from somebody and they got it wrong because it's always like, oh, it's been reported. So it's probably some intern sitting there cleaning out the trash bin and it's like, oh, they talked about Kaepernick. That's really cool. He's in the office right now. And then three hours later, they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're not doing that shoe anymore." And they're like, "Oh, that's because Kaepernick was here. Totally, that makes total sense." And then everyone's just reporting on it.
2: If I may, now bearing
0: in mind this is TMZ, so take the Um, source with a grain of salt. So it was, it was the trash bin collector.
2: Nike's Betsy Ross shoes are now selling for twenty five hundred dollars a pair after the Kaepernick recall. So there you go. I'm telling you. No, you know that that's one
0: source. so, So they exist. That's even better. Oh,
2: yeah. They made the shoes. The shoes that's what I'm saying. The shoes were made. They're ready to go. So for Nike to say, we're not going to release them, it's like, yes, you are. This is a, it's a publicity grab of some way, shape, or I form. I feel like that's like the day-old fashion designer
0: bait-and-switch. You create a fashion designer who's somewhat controversial and then they make a $10 dress and they're like, oh, yeah, this, this person who made it, though, they're out there. That's a $600 <laughs> dress. Because I, I had that conversation with Holly about, you know, Fashion trends. I was like, uh-huh. I wonder who actually comes up with this stuff. Who, you know, uh, some lady I forgot. Some fashion designer in the '60s made the first type of wrap dress, and she's on MasterClass. As a, I was like, who's this? Why is she famous? It's like, oh, she made a dress. I'm like, a dress?
2: <laughs> like she just made one dress, and apparently she's like, yeah, they sell it for like $700. Yeah. God, I'm in theater. I've made like thousands of dresses. Okay. CBS News also reports the same thing. So see, I got two. Well, one credible, one semi-credible so, news source. Yeah. Um. But at least it's something. So, yeah, they're selling for 2000 bucks a pair. Well, I think that's just, that's, man, there's, that's your, smart. there's your business decision. Again, <laughs> it's not good, but it's financially sound. Well, that's why they hired Kaepernick. Well, that's exactly why they so. hired Kaepernick.
1: Well, and, and if, if he's not
2: even playing anymore, no,
1: he should play for the XFL.
2: That would keep him in the headlines. Who didn't? Are they still doing the XFL? No. What was the other one? The AFL?
0: That, that that went down.
2: Yeah, that like I think that went down in the third quarter of a game. They're like oh. everyone just just pack it up, <laughs> go home. I've seen some TV shows where you you know that they canceled you know the it next, before you the know commercial the fans, break.
0: the next thing is like oh free beer,
2: when they can't. Move. Oh you know you I heard I? about the free beer night? I gotta remember which team it was, but some stadium for a game did free beer night, and it it was like when they hired the Hells Angels for that Rolling Stones concert. It just fell apart quick.
0: Well, I mean, people. I mean, I can imagine being in the game. It's like, hey, the game's over. We're not doing this anymore. And they're like, what? All right, let's get a hot dog and free beer. This is crazy. And they start rioting. It's football. They do that. <laughs> football you don't riots? So? You no. Think
1: so. No, there were soccer riots. I was gonna say soccer, maybe.
2: I saw those. Yeah, man, that, that was hardcore.
0: Yeah, especially like I know yesterday's in in uh, Brazil, there was a big decision. There's. They, they get, didn't give penalties to Argentina, and they were talking about if they did it for Brazil, the same thing, there'd be riots in Brazil. And I was like, oh, that could be true. I could totally see that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, was, I don't know, what, have you all been watching the Women's World Cup at all?
2: I have been watching it, but I've been keeping up with it. Okay. Awesome. They made it to the finals, right? Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, someday. that's going to be a cool game. That's and awesome.
0: So, uh, my favorite thing, I don't know if you watched the game, uh, the lady who scored, Alex Morgan, did the Sippy Cup tea as she scored <laughs> and i was like oh this is gonna be great it's gonna be great well
2: that's throwing down the polite gauntlet yeah. <laughs> was her pinky out <laughs> well everyone, you know every time you play england they're always
0: like oh it's the, the, the we're back at war you know that kind of thing and i'm like Man, that was a long time ago we're still gonna be using that and then she does the pinky thing i was like oh great now it's now we're back on <laughs> so but i'm yeah. glad they won yeah it's gonna be good it's exciting it's exi- i mean I. It, it's – soccer's always fun. Hockey's always fun, and baseball. I don't know about baseball,
2: but – Is there women's ice hockey? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, professional yeah. or semi-professional? Uh, no,
0: there's not – I think there is in Canada, but not in the States. I think there might be a, a kind of like a reverse NHL where there's, there might be a couple teams in the States that are in the same league mm-hmm. with Canada, but –
2: Like indoor uh, indoor soccer,
0: I think they. uh, Well, like the NHL, NHL has like six teams in Canada. Majority of them are in the United States. Okay, but I think it's the reverse for women's. There's a couple team in the states and that. So, I know they have like the whole, you know, USA other World Cup kind of thing for women's hockey, and then there's women's hockey in the Olympics. So hopefully, some women are playing hockey occasionally. To be honest, well, to there must be, be. To be honest, because
2: so we have you know men's leagues, we have women's leagues. When are they going to integrate? When are we going to have you know female players? I think place it depends kickers. on the sport.
0: I think it, it all depends. Well, on the what sport. would be the first? Because I like tennis. That's a great sport for mixes. Yeah, I mean, like very very good point. Now for individuals, I think go for it. I I really I like to me tennis is based off an individual skill, especially with golf. Like golf might have some issues because where they tee off and stuff like that. But tennis, I'm like, go for it. I think there should be three leagues. There should be, you know, or two, like singles for men's and then singles for mixes, and just go for it. Dick, see, who, see who does it.
2: Thank you, because I wanted to make a point earlier, and it went out of my head, and you just jogged the memory. I'm going to take it back. And co- I'll be able to segue it to this. I'm going to take it back to where we're talking about, primaries. Uh-huh. And I know some places, uh, because it, it showed up in the last election cycle, have what's called open primaries. Which is where... You vote 1 to 10 kind of thing? Well, yeah, it's... Regardless, uh, it wasn't the primary for the party. It was pr- the primary for the position. So That's really cool. It's you could have, out. like, three Democrats r- going into the runoff of the same position or two Democrats and a Republican or something. Y- you know, it was more based on paper at least, as who is best qualified. It mm-hmm. was incumbent on the candidates to present their case and not to say, well, I'm a Republican, so vote for me, or I'm a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering your perspective on open primaries. Is I'm not opposed. I need to do more research. But what, what's your gut thought to them?
1: Well, I think that... Uh well, in certain circumstances, we kind of do have open primaries, but that's usually city elections, right? Because they're nonpartisan. But everybody <laughs> knows what way somebody <laughs> leans. Um, well, I, I, you know, I think that open uh, primaries have their challenges, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, does it? Tech, could it promote actually picking, you know, the the best people? Could. Um, however, depending on where you live. It may never give one side or the other a chance to ever even be on the ballot, which I would have a problem with. Okay. Right? So so I can use where we live as an example. Oh, for sure. I think that if, you know, they had open primaries in Montgomery County, you would never see a race with a Democrat in it.
2: Because you can still, you still right. run on that ticket,
1: <clears throat> but it's not, it's, it's all in one fell swoop. Well, what I'm saying is, is that in the primary, if you were in an open primary and it you know, there, of course, there'll be Republicans and Democrats, but what I'm saying is for the final, uh, you know, general election of who's going to get the elected, popular vote. a Democrat would never be there, in my opinion,
2: okay, good with rule. the
1: way things are right now. And, and likewise, that very same thing could be just the opposite in a place like Harris County. Mm-hmm. Right. So so you have to really weigh those kind of things. Right. I mean, sounds like you play dirty here. Yeah, well, you got to get that scandal. I don't think you got, I mean, uh, to me, it's we not about We interviewed a PI firm. To me, it's not about that. Just I mean, to me, them. things that draw my attention when it comes to politics in general um, is, you know, you look at states like, uh, what is it, uh, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, one of those two. One
2: of those Carolinas. Where,
1: where they vote, I think it's, uh, they vote 50 50. If you look at the state oh, population, cool. they vote 50 50. But their breakdown of representatives is seven to three Republican. So they have a 50 50 population in the state. But yet, a 70-30 split on, on uh, their representation in the, the, yeah. in Congress. So to me, that tells me, it doesn't just seem co- quite right to me. Um, because if you have a state that typically votes 50-50, then, you know, you should have somewhere in that same realm, okay, 60-40, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you start getting further away from the fringes of that, then it's a little different to me. Um, and so, you know, this is obviously uh, kind of a, the gerrymandering side of things, but both sides do it, by the way. It's a one-sided argument, mm-hmm. um, and I don't agree with it either way. Um, but I, you know, so I'm kind of torn with it, right? Because the, if the population for the specific seat were actually fifty-fifty, and then a, then an open primary might be a good answer for a location like that. Mm-hmm. But when you have a location that might vote 80-20 a certain way, then an open primary might not be the right answer because, you know, my, my two cents is always we live in a two-party system and there should be two parties involved. And when you don't let two parties get engaged, especially when it comes to the general election, because people will go, well, there are two parties involved. Yeah, well, till the primary. But mm-hmm. if only one party wins the two positions out of the primary then there aren't two parties involved So similar to like the old
0: school president and then the vice president. Would be the losing
2: presidential candidate, right? Yeah. Um, Well, this is my segue into going back to the sport. So, you know, I know that there are female place kickers out there or goalies or Mm -hmm. or something that could just run circles around their male counterpart. So... Without sounding too much of a conspiracy theorist, I firmly believe that TV's frequently used, uh, TV shows are frequently used as litmus tests to see what the country is able to able to handle. Uh, Twenty Four, that TV show, I think they they had Dennis Haysbert be the president to see how the world would handle a black president, and shortly after Obama gets on the ticket, Madam Secretary started with a blonde female. Um, no, no, the first was Gina, the Gina Davis show and the Madam Secretary. These were j- shortly before the Hillary Clinton campaigns. You know, I firmly believe that someone is going, let's float this to see. Yeah, but there's always been can... women running for higher positions. Though. No, no, like, no. What, no, what no. was the
0: first woman who to run for president?
2: Oh, it's was probably oh. – probably Dolly Madison or something, you know. No, you got to talk about it as an official presidential candidate. Uh, the closest we got was in the 80s, Geraldine Ferraro, for vice presidential candidate un- under Walter Mondale. That was against Reagan, so there was... Sorry, no chance. I think Mondale got two electoral votes. Um, he won one state out of 50. Uh, but, no, Hillary Clinton, I think, was the first officially designated female presidential okay. candidate. But it was... you. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy thing because I think it's a wise move. Let's run it in fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, the best social commentary happens with fiction, Star Trek on and everything. Uh, But there was that TV show that just got canceled after a season or two about the female pitcher on a major league baseball Mm -hmm. team. And she's the first one. I can't remember the name of that. I think it was called Pitch.
0: Um, No longer on the air. Unique. So clearly, America disagreed.
2: <laughs> well, it could have just been bad writing, but I, I, I yeah. really think that show was put out there that sports teams are saying, "Listen, we'll we'll give you know Fox Network the Fox Network this much money, or we'll sponsor this show or, or something." Mm-hmm. We want to see because you know there are contingency plans drawn up for well, it. Well, the
0: the issue with the the baseball one though is unfortunately, ladies go into softball at an early age, so her fundamentals are totally different from being but a regular it's, baseball pitcher. But now they we have more
2: integration. Different. Uh, you know, love it, hate it, whatever. It's like you got the scouts and the boy scouts now, and you know, Boy Scouts has gone co ed and, and once the well, dust I mean, from uh, that settles
0: down. Ultimately right now, I mean you, you get got, earlier starts into these I'm surprised sports. there's not a female trying to do a kicker.
1: Oh, in, that's and, what I'm saying. There NFL. are those out like, there. It's I mean, just that's a
0: big thing, big ticket, yeah. big news. And no one's no one's even announced it. No, to, I mean just for publicity.
2: Well and to take <laughs> it back a step you know, about how you can't judge today's act or yesterday's actions on today's standards. One of my favorite football movies is called The Replacements. Yeah. Uh, Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. and there's a line Shane in it. Shane Falco, dude. Yeah, Shane Falco, but there's a line in it, and we all cheered it. You know, that's why girls don't play the sport. And you know, nowadays, oh my God, you can't say that. But
0: you mean is that's is that, that why, why stripper, only, strippers are cheerleaders? Is that what you're trying to connect?
2: Yeah, right. I, I man, I would go. I would buy season tickets for that team personally. <laughs> I loved how that's how does that even. But make that movie's sense? only the like
0: replacements for the cheerleaders, too. Uh, that
2: movie's only like ten years old. Maybe 15, but but I'm saying back then it was saying things and had mm-hmm. a perspective that only guys can play the, the sport, and it was socially acceptable. But are we? Who's going to be the first to say? You know, we're going to hire this woman for to be our place kicker on the Texans. Or well,
1: whatever. it'll be interesting to see how it how it integrates into professional sports, right? Because amateur sports already do it, right, yeah. right, right. So so that's really their first stage of testing it, outside of you know national tv or something like that but well, that's
0: what I'm I was saying i imagine that's already been presented
1: where you had
0: somebody go you know she's a good kicker she kicks and you know she would kick her in high school and she she played a little bit in college but
2: each time that that female is not signed to a team and i'm wondering are we on the cusp of someone saying you know what i'm going to we're, we're going to give you a contract oh yeah just for the
0: publicity i'm i'm telling you i'm surprised that, it hasn't already and happened
2: and see that is a good Business decision and a good financial decision. What will
0: end up happening though is it it comes down, unfortunately, for that high of a level of competitiveness. If you're not good, it's not hard to cut you. Like that's the way (laughs) it's designed. And I think a lot of people are.
2: And unfortunately, like the first Navy SEAL, who wasn't G.I. Jane, but you know, it's like the first female Navy SEAL I meant to say is uh, they got to be held to that standard. That's unfair, I think, but. Well, and this You know, is, the first time they cry, they're going to be, oh, that's well, what you Well,
1: this, this is with a lot of things, especially in the military, right? So this is mm-hmm. with a lot of things in the military, especially with women, right? So women, when did they get, you know, they fought for their ability to go to flight school and be fighter pilots. Uh, they fought for the, their art to combat. They, they've fought to just go to combat. They've, they've fought to be on submarines. Um, and, and, and all those are integrated now. Um, they fought to be on surface ships because women used to never be allowed on surface ships. What are surface ships like carriers, the floating like ones? Carriers, yeah, yeah. destroyers, destroyers cruisers—basically so any ships. Yeah, they—they okay. they weren't allowed on you know ships that would go into combat.
2: And what was the the primary? This is and what cracks me up. The primary reasoning behind this.
1: A lot of it was because of uh, uh, their cycle and getting pregnant, and
2: it, well, is that uh, they would distract the men. It,
1: it would, you know, you, it, they they could get want pregnant to... and then mm-hmm. they would not be able to deploy, and it would hurt the combat readiness of that ship. And those types, those are the kinds of kind of conversations that were had. And submarines, it's like they're so small, and there's only so much so space. Get, and how do you have separate so bathrooms? Just, everyone so.
0: before they join the service ships, everyone gets snipped. So yeah, right. The, they, the, the chemical castration because you know, in fifty years, we're going to take a pill and it's going to
2: do it.
1: So, so we're
2: good. Like we, everything's reversible we, in the future. We already have. We already have the chemical castration. Judges are using it all the time.
0: We can reverse that though, can't we? Mm-hmm. Probably not.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's an ongoing.
0: That's how you solve that problem. Oh, there you
1: go. <laughs> so there I you go. There you so. go. Yeah, I don't so know if that's that, a solution that's, to the that's problem. A free, but that's but again, a freebie army. You know, these things. These things took time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 in certain circumstances, I will say, you know, truthfully, the U.S. military, when it came to this kind of stuff, really fell behind. Other countries' militaries. I mean, the Australian military has had women uh, on their combat vessels for a long time. They've had they had unisex bathrooms isn't back the, in two thousand.
0: Isn't the Marines' right. motto like "adapt" and
2: "improvise, adapt, overcome"? Yeah, there you go.
0: They should just use that motto and figure well, it out.
2: my son says their <laughs> motto was "when it absolutely positively has to be destroyed overnight." So, <laughs> what does that to mean? It's a rip off of the FedEx motto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's a proud Marine, so.
0: Yeah, that thing always kind yeah. of confused me because that's mm-hmm. to me, the uh, military service is, is kind of another world mm-hmm. because that institution's been around for so long and they've gone through what, like seven generations now of leadership throughout, like changing policies mm-hmm. and figuring it out as the world changes and stuff like that. And I guess that's just that's one of those things where, like, I didn't serve, so I have no input. Like, I have no idea how they make decisions and how. The higher-ups kind of vote on things. Do they even vote? Is it just one guy's philosophy? He's like, hey, you know what? You know, I did a Because, uh, like, for example, this is going to be a, a horrible you know, example. But watching Band of Brothers and David Schwimmer's character, if, I don't know if you've seen that show, but his character was... He was the first episode for training boot camp. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy who basically trained them all. And as the war was coming closer, the, the hires-up basically said you're not going to the front lines. And he wanted to, but it's just because you're better at training people than you are as elite, like basically in the field. Like you mm-hmm. can't really handle it. So, I mean, like that to me, that's the how the normal course of things go, I imagine. But then when you start incorporating other factors like women and what they are able to do and what are they not able to do, because men or some men aren't, aren't able to do things. Some men are able to do things. Mm-hmm. And do you think that as a military, they use that, since the beginning, they've always used that mindset. Like, you know, some people can do it, some people can't. And then now they're changing the rules, where it's like you got to let some people do it.
1: Well, I think that they. I mean, I think truthfully, they they kind of follow society, mm-hmm. but I think they lag behind society. Um, so that's why you see the military comes later doing things than you may see something that's acceptable in the mm-hmm. civilian sector. Because really, what well, you should
0: bring it to them and say, hey, if we're just at war, everyone's fighting because everyone's well, going to be doing something. The, to... Welcome to the Israeli well, army. The, the,
1: so you know the the joke that I uh, you know we always said in the in the military is is that we uh, defend democracy, we don't practice it in the military, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's true because you know the military the military the way it's run is is not a democracy. Uh, there is somebody in charge, and that person makes the decisions. And you can you can voice your opinion or your your dislike of something, but that doesn't mean that. A, that's gonna change one bit. Um, And in a lot of cases, depending on what it is, depends on what it is and and how uh, big of a deal it is for, is it just unit based or is it squadron based Mm -hmm. or the whole Navy based or the whole army based, those types of things. Uh, Depends on who makes decisions of that nature, right? So, you know, at the local level, there's there's one person that makes that decision, Mm. right? and, and that's just how it is, and that's how it always has been. I think that's how it needs to be. Um, and, and I just think that they tend to lag behind society. So once society accepts something a certain way and it becomes kind of more ingrained and accepted in society, then the military will kind of explore Yeah, they And, again, I think be. they
2: use... TV and stuff again? Yeah, on this well, stuff? I, I, yeah, I mean, there's the... I thought it was apocryphal, but I think it turned out to be true... Uh, back in the day, uh, the U.S. Navy was going to use In the Navy as their recruiting song. And someone somewhere said, you know who sings this? And, you know, back then that was, what's the word, taboo. You c- couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So they had to drop it like a hot potato because, this, you know, they were influenced by that. What, I used to love watching the West Wing mm-hmm. the TV show. Did you watch it? I didn't. I know about it. Oh, okay. It. <clears throat> is, I watched
0: it. You can talk to me. Okay, well,
2: there was a wonderful scene where they would take a hot button topic and and it was a democratic administration, but they were as human as the Repu- the Re- Republicans weren't necessarily the bad guys in this. It was it was an Aaron Sorkin, so it was left leaning, but I still you know the writing was fantastic because there's this one where um John Amos, the the famous black actor, mm-hmm. you know, from Good Times, he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he wanders in this meeting with these generals talking about uh, that the uh, 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 gays in the military don't ask don't tell was was on the table and and a heated debate was going on. He walks in, and he's like, "What's going on?" They're all standing at attention. He's they're, they're, he said, "You're opposed to this, right?" And this guy saying, "Yes, sir." I said, well, uh, "Because you know this is going to mess with morale and this and that." And he's like, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. He's like, I agree with you." The guy's going, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "But you know what?" They said the exact same thing about blacks in the military. Thirty years ago, today I'm the ger- chairman of Joint Chiefs. Go screw yourself on that. You know, sit on that and think mm-hmm. about it. And so the military is slow behind. But when they, it's like okay, that's the next step. Then the next step. They're yeah. get are they getting there?
1: Oh, I think uh, I think you know. Again, I think they lag behind. But I think, and I don't think they'll ever catch up. I think they'll always lag. <laughs> there'll behind. always
2: be something. To, there will.
1: There, yeah. There'll always be something that lags behind. I mean. Because we
2: do have female Navy SEALs <clears throat> now,
1: right? We have... Uh,
2: not many, but, I mean, there's...
1: Uh, I'm not sure. That one I'm not sure about. You keep talking about I know there I wasn't when I was in. Like, okay. there's
2: totally a secret division
0: where both <laughs> women and men are trained in because of espionage and, you know, tactical oh, yeah. insertion and all that kind of stuff. I mean, imagine... You want
2: a good sniper, hire a woman.
0: Or, Or, you know, you want to go in and go a bunch against the guys. Yeah, send a woman in and then she can, you know, be a spy right? That counts. But sure. I mean, well, I mean, that's one thing that kind of surprises me, because you were talking about Israel. To me, you have that mentality of, you know, if you have an army, basically you're fighting for your lives at one point. You're going to be making decisions that people do not agree with, like, for example, like chemical warfare. I always thought about what would people think of, you know, this is, you know, because I'm a sci-fi hmm. person, you know, we have these other, we have this enemy that we never encountered before. What, what extremes we as a human being go to, Mm -hmm. to survive. Because, you know, right now the staple is no biological warfare. Like we just don't do it. We don't put any money into it or or are doing, you know, that kind of thing. But then when we're finding an outside source, it's like, oh, hey, we used to have this philosophy, but we're going to lose. So how crazy should we go with it? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of examples in history of them sacrificing people and just making those decisions. So I was like, why don't we just take that kernel and insert it into our military where everyone should learn how to fight. If you, if you want to fight, if you want to learn and be trained, everyone should be able to, no matter... Like, really, the only thing, I guess, restricting is age. Yeah. Because you don't want a 13-year-old showing up and just like, yeah, I want to learn. But then you have, like, the cool shows like Anna, or Anna, and, she you know, she's was trained by her father, and she's a killing machine at 16. So then again, it's like, hey, we actually do have youth. Maybe we should train some kids. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, think about that. I mean, there's that. But, uh, but, yeah, that's one thing I just don't really get because if you want to be the best military, at one point you're going to start using resources that you're not used to after other resources are depleted because you're going to lose people. Sure. So.
2: Yeah, there's always attrition. So uh, while you were talking, I was multitasking. Uh, So the billet was in 2018 open to women, and they said at that point two could, uh, two additional could. The the first female to enter the SEAL program did drop out. But I'm looking at – beforehand there was actual uh the prerequisites to be a, a for, to uh, volunteer for seal training active duty member of the u.s navy be a man women aren't weren't allowed so it was like the bill was not open be 28 or younger uh, all the waivers for 29 30 year olds were possible have at least twenty forty in one eye and twenty seventy in the other eye be a u.s citizen pass the asvab only well, ASVAB not a pass fail thing
1: well, the, the it's not a pass-fail thing, but to, I guess go, you, to go into certain w- communities like warfare specialties or whatever it is, you have to have a certain score. There the
2: you
0: go, okay. Oh, now we're doing the Chinese <laughs> thing? We're scoring people?
2: <laughs> yes. We've done yes, that. we are. Yes.
0: Oh, great. Yes.
2: So, yeah, so the billets open, but apparently right now um, there aren't any, but I think even if there were, I don't think it's something that, that would make the front-page headlines because – of the navy seals requirements and i think
1: and i think the navy seals was probably the last group yeah because special forces came in to allow allow women to come in
0: you think leaders would be more creative i'm telling you an all women seal team has a lot more advantages
2: i remember when robin williams saying back in the day in the 80s he's had a stand up he's like he couldn't wait for there to be a female president for uh, women to run the world there'd be no wars but every 28 days there'd be really intense negotiations (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's inappropriate for Dick, Dick and Skipping the send money. your hate mail
2: <laughs> has anyone called in? well people we, are, we, 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 are chatting people
0: are chatting on YouTube but we, we haven't told to anyone
2: about the call in line we've been talking for like an yeah. hour like three hours and
0: well why don't we take a quick break so we can drink water and,
1: <laughs> and <then> collect
0: our <laughs> rehydrate man rehydrate and then when we come back we can uh, take, start taking phone calls the uh, phone number folks is not hard to find it's 936-228-9368 and if you want to put in questions through direct messages. We are on YouTube right now, and I'm reading, and I can pass that information on to our guest, Jay Silberg. And if you want to call in, feel free to call uh, at, I'm going to do around 10.30, you can start calling in. I'm not going to accept any phone calls until 10.30. And if you okay? didn't get that
2: phone number, it's Zen Bat
0: 228 nine three six eight it should be on the description of everything yeah so you shouldn't have any issues finding that folks we'll be right back you're listening to dick and skippy in the mornings our special guest Jason stillberg we will be right back
2: business office cleaning is available in the montgomery county area from clean sweep office cleaning Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning.
1: Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Bean Punk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com. See our complete list of special events.
2: An
0: estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU.
2: Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical
0: situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters.
2: Hey, Montgomery County E and online listeners. Thank you so very much
0: for checking out Jazzy Fives with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Fives with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes. And I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m. where you will get the best in old school r&b and of course a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy so tune in that's right tune in every friday and saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 fm or worldwide at irlongstar.com Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com. Or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world.
1: All
0: right, welcome back, dig and skippy in the mornings here live. On Lone Star Community Radio and our YouTube channel today. Uh, don't forget we do drop a podcast shortly after the show. So uh, if you want, if you can always miss the show, you can always listen to us on iTunes and Google Play and all that kind of cool stuff. We have Jay Stillberg in the studio, and I want to remind folks the call-in line is open. It's our nine three six two six six nine three six eight. Hold on, did I say that right? No, nine three six two two eight. Yeah, nine three six eight. Sorry. So, yeah, i get you one second. I got to, oh, now. Oh, there you go. All if right. you
2: did bat Went, you wouldn't mess it up. All right, bat Went. <laughs> there you is go. Is the call-in line. Figure that one out. Cool.
0: Z-E-N-B-A-T. So we're going to try this out, and you're going to be on the air with Jay, Dick, and Skippy. Oh, there goes my mic. I got to figure out.
2: Please don't, please don't cuss words on the on air. Or you can
0: text the line or whatever. Yeah, you
2: can cuss on the text. Yeah. There you go.
0: So welcome
1: back. We're hanging
0: out, and we're talking about some fun stuff going on around, uh, and Jay, let's actually let's take a moment until someone calls in or texts in. What, that awkward moment, right? Well, tell, be, tell people about yourself. Where can they find you? Are you active on social media and things like that?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously I have a web, website, jstittleberg.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page, jstittleberg for Texas. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram.
2: That sounds vaguely political there, Jay.
1: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, I changed it after the county judge race. I didn't want it to say Jay Stittleberg for county Jace judge anymore. Say, since wait, wait, that was but you're over. still for Texas. But I didn't want to close the page, right? Mm. Facebook has a lot of rules about political pages, and it was easier to obviously just change the name and keep it open <laughs> than it is to get rid of it and try to have to make a new one in the future if I ever run for anything else, which I will. Um but uh so yeah, have you so been keeping
2: your uh, like ear to the ground and seeing like where you could best be served? Oh sure. Or, okay.
1: Plus I get input from people and people ask me to run for different things, which is always interesting. Um uh, flattering. Um What's the weirdest thing they've asked you to run well, for? I, I haven't asked been asked to run for anything weird. Oh, okay. It's just uh like dog catcher no, or something. No, okay. no, no.
2: Do you still run for that? I, I got to look yet. into that.
1: I have no idea. I feel there's better resources put yeah. together than well. That could be like
2: right. the only public office I could but hold. I,
1: but I definitely stay engaged, right? And I definitely stay engaged in our local politics and and what goes on here. And uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, those are the things that people care about, right? We talk about influencing people, and and the truth is, you know, things that influence people are talking about things that affect them every day. And and we know in our political world, if we watch TV, we see what they talk about every day on TV. They talk about you know the uh, obviously the biggest topic probably talked about today is immigration, but mm. um, we, we 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 had the Mueller report, and Russia, and all this that's other kind of stuff for a long time, kinda right? And, a little bit. and well, you don't hear as much about it right now, but but at the end of the day, the, the person sitting at home at the dinner table, that's not what they talk about, yeah, right? They talk about uh, what's going to help me, you know, what's going to help me be able to con- put food on my table. How can I make sure I can pay my bills? Um, th- those are the things, you know, the, the dinner table conversation that people talk about. Cost of care, uh, the cost of health insurance, the cost of medication. Um, you know, truthfully, people talk about the cost. Of how much is it going to cost me to send my kids to school? If they want to go to college, how much is it going to cost to, for my kids to go to school? Uh, you know, how much does it cost to go to the store and buy groceries? I mean, these are the types of things that, that people talk about, and, and for me... You know, those are the types of things that I like to concentrate on. I don't like to talk about the, you know, the other stuff that we see a lot of because that's not the stuff that most people talk about. People care right, about we got their a, pocketbooks. We got a phone caller. Great.
0: All right, phone caller, yeah. please say your name. And you're on the air with <laughs> Dick. Oh, he hung up. Oh man, chicken,
1: chicken. Maybe he'll call back. Maybe yeah, call back. He lost I, his signal.
0: It, it's kind of confusing because when the answer they hear you talking, they're like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm just sitting here." So call back. Yeah, the number is 936. Uh, man, I, forget. I I think I wrote it wrong here. I'm sorry. You got to have the number right. Dave. Yeah. Let me get that right, folks. It's uh, 936-228-9368. There
2: you go. Yes. Call us back, Mr. Spam Alert.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so people want to talk about those things that uh, that affect them on a daily basis, right? And, and obviously certain demographics of folks and areas people work in they want to talk about what they do right so in texas there's there's things that are important that we talk about people care about how much property taxes they're paying uh, people care about public education funding and the quality of education that their kids are getting all right we got a caller they call back all right they call back all right caller you to are press on the- press one just oh. send a
0: voicemail press what's two. going on just
2: uh, google
1: press one
0: to, oh, me. I, that's what I got to do? Yeah. Oh, that's crap. We're learning. I'm learning. Okay, they're trying to call
2: in, but you got you to... Before... I'll just
0: answer it. How about
2: that? And then I'll let y'all talk. Yeah, and, when you answer okay. it, it'll say you have a call from so-and-so. So... Call back non-chicken person. Okay. no,
0: We're learning, guys. This is the first time we're doing it, and we'll be better. When <laughs> it's, 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 I'm the guinea pig. It's Thanks, already Jay. going better
2: than the Alec Baldwin uh, talk radio show. Did you hear about that? No. It's actually – you can listen to it on, like, YouTube. Alec Baldwin, they, they gave him a shot to be a radio host, yeah. and they gave him, like, this two-hour radio program, and it was Colin. And I've, I've not been much of an Alec Baldwin fan since Hunt for Red October or Prelude to a Kiss. You know, those yeah. were the days where I liked him, but after that, no – but literally no one called in, and he'd keep on going back to the phone lines <laughs> and start ranting on his producer, like, they have the number, right? Because you know, he'd be like, okay, so we're going to go to the phone like What? St- st- still no calls? Are-, are you are you answering the phone? <laughs> you give him the number? Okay, well. And then he's threatened, like, I'm going to start singing the Constitution until somebody Great. calls. It's just it's this beautiful two-hour train wreck. Uh, so we're already doing better. Hey. It's just... People are calling. It's just Dick's inability to answer a phone. That's that's keeping the conversation. Hey, from it's kind of fun though. Keep talking? Okay, <laughs> is, we got okay. So Dick's doing something. So uh, Jay, do let me know. This is gonna sound funny. When you run, because I would, in a perfect world, I would love to like run against you in something. <laughs> if nothing else, because I think like the shows like this show, or, or 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 they present that you can talk. You know, you you can disagree. Find common ground. Yeah. Uh, I I just love having a uh, right. campaign. We got it. We got oh, work it working. We got we it? We got it working. Okay, we'll come back. So, All uh, right, so
0: uh, Dennis is on the phone. And <laughs> Dennis, welcome to Dick and Skippy in the Mornings.
2: Well, thank you. It's a great show. Yeah? Good morning. I just, uh, I just wanted to ask uh, Jay, uh, since he has basically lost uh, the election, well, how does he feel that uh, – the folks that uh, won the election are doing so oh, I'll yeah, just hang up and listen to his answer.
1: Thank you Dennis for calling in. Yeah, good question Dennis. Yeah, so I do pay attention. I mean, obviously I ran for county judge and I, I pay attention to Mark and and how he's doing on the commissioner's court. And uh, you know, I occasionally talk to him when I see him out and about. Um if I see him at an event or something. Um and and you know, the 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 truth of the matter is right now, I mean, I don't think a whole lot is really changed in montgomery county um since he got elected uh i mean the the makeup of the commissioner's court is still kind of the same as it has been um so it's uh, obviously we haven't seen any big changes in 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 how the court is uh executed really in my opinion Uh, they still kind of run the agenda the same way and i think you know there's always a learning curve there would be for anybody um to kind of get the hang of how the commissioner's court rolls and 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 how you uh you know run the court every time they have a session well in that particular court jay is it
0: is are things presented to the court or do the people in the court go hey i got this idea we should try this what do you guys think
1: yeah, so there's a there's agenda items. So the, there's an agenda that's put together. The agenda's uh, typically published uh, the Friday before the Tuesday. But who puts it court. together? The court does. The, I the, would think the county c- judges. C- the county judge's office puts it together, okay. and the commissioners have their input, <clears throat> and the county okay. judge has an has an input. And is that and, something the county clerk does? Or is that and, and and well, they the county clerk is the clerk of a court. Right? Got it. So, okay. And so you know they they obviously set the agenda and then uh those are the only items they're allowed to really discuss and make decisions on during that commissioner's court um now they can decide to defer an item they can decide to you know hey if they want to talk about something that may not be on that specific agenda but it comes up in a conversation then they can say well we can get this on the next commissioner's court agenda so that we can actually talk about it and then obviously the public the public has two opportunities to speak uh, during commissioner's court, there's one agenda item, which is for people to speak about agenda items. And then at the very end of the commissioner's court, there's another open comment section where people can speak about, they get three minutes to talk about whatever they want to. It doesn't have to be anything that's on the <laughs> agenda. Um, so so that's kind of how it's run. And, you know, they have the agenda it's put out. People can go look at it online and, and those types of things.
0: What's the um, uh, Alex Jones of Montgomery County talking about? <laughs>
1: Eric Yalek, what's
0: he up to? You like that? I think that would be pretty clever. Well, he's the, would you consider him the, call Zen uh, Bad Wins. <laughs> <laughs> would you consider him be the Alex Jones? Um, or who, who would you compare? No, or uh, the Golden Hammer. The, I mean, the, come on, like, I, I don't, besides him not having a show yelling at things, I just imagine him really,
2: you know. Well, he's an attorney by, by day. So he does this a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, Eric Ollik is uh, on one end, and in the political spectrum, he's a you know former political candidate, ran for judge. Uh, he's the
0: only source I can I saw I saw of speaking out on something, if that makes sense. Besides candidates, you know, as as a as an organization, I know the PACs kind of do this t- the typical thing, and but I mean, he was the only person who I saw was like, "Can you believe this?" And this is what's happening.
2: Well. I I think Eric Yolick knows the value put, of putting sexy back in the court showmanship. Right. Like P.T. Barnum knew how to get people through his doors, okay. and he also knew how to get them out of the doors by saying "this way to the great egress," banking on the fact that no one knew that egress meant exit. So, um, you know, we talk about like the loudest voice. We, I talk about. Trump guarantees he controls the news cycle every every time he tweets. He knows he's got that news cycle for the next 24 hours because it's all going to be about his tweet. So, you know, he's kind of crazy like a fox like that. Well, sometimes it's crazy, but, I mean, if you're not in the center no, of the headline, just tweet no, something no and you do it. No one should have that much power. He is, by definition, <laughs> the most powerful man in the world. Uh, I mean, by, by definition. I mean, is he?
1: Yes. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> so... So I'll just interject and, and, and to answer Dennis's question, if I haven't already, so I no, go for it. <laughs> so obviously with, with the county judge, uh, judge Keogh, uh, you know, again, he hasn't done anything that's outrageous. I mean, you know, the, the county's moving along. I mean, do, do I ever agree with everything everybody does? No. And the votes they take on the court? No. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I follow all the elected officials, uh, that affect me in Montgomery yeah. County, um, and, and keep track of what they do and, and, and how they vote on things and, and uh, how they approach their jobs. I mean, it's,
0: it's strange, because when I think of the commissioner's court of Montgomery County, I think of it like a a slow burn, because you don't really know, there's not like a drastic change in temperature that it's as volatile as like the president of the United States, if that makes sense. Like, the
1: because they're not really out there well, saying all I, these
0: crazy things, they're not there.
1: Here's what I'll say about that. I, so it's the, har- hard to judge, the, right? The, well, it can be a little bit, I guess. And, and you have to be somebody that pays attention, yeah. right? Because, you know, the commissioner's court stuff is not usually like on the front page of the newspaper, um, depending on what the topic is, yeah. right? Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, again, like I said, the makeup of the court, uh, you know, anyone who doesn't recognize that there's a little rift bet- in the Republican Party between one side and the other of the Republican Party yeah. uh, in Montgomery County. And, and right now the court still kind of leans towards... Uh, the centric portion of the Republicans, uh, but should should that change to, to to where the more extreme side of the Republican Party controls the Commissioner's Court, then we're going to probably see a little bit more uh, interesting decisions being made by our Commissioner's Court in this county. So something to pay attention to.
0: Okay, and then they should definitely pay attention because you would you consider yourself right now a commentator on local politics?
1: Uh, no, I I. I I'm engaged in county politics. I love politics. I, I listen, watch, read politics every day.
0: Somebody here, uh, you hear that? Someone's screaming. And
1: uh, uh, and so I, I I try to be knowledgeable about what's going on. Do I know everything that goes on in every you know elected official's office in the county? Absolutely not. But I pay attention to certain things, and and I like to keep myself informed about what's going on. And. How the world's spinning around, and how we're doing at the local level, and the state level, and the and and the federal level, so I can have a rounded conversation with somebody. And uh, so, you know, I'm always open to talk about politics. I'll I'll talk about anything. Um, You know, that's why you know, like calling in. I mean, I hey, I want people to call in, ask me about anything, ask me my stance on any issue. I mean, I've I've never shied away from inviting any uh, everybody from any political ideology to come to one of my events when I was running for office. I wanted them to come, ask me questions. I didn't care what the topic was. I'm never going to not answer your question.
2: You, know, you were very vocal at the time so. about wanting debates. Oh, you sure. The opportunity to Absolutely. S- I think debates platform. are important.
1: Mm-hmm. I think debates are important so people can can see. And, and debates, you know, they tend to get some media attention, which is, you know, you need media attention yeah. to, to get the word well, out. Well,
0: that's why we were talking about uh, last week, when you have such so many people on a large platform like the presidential candidates and all that kind of stuff they should definitely do just draw numbers and then do 1 versus 1 and then they kind of you know do that and then you'll figure out you have a lot longer to understand somebody and then especially understand their policies because the, people are going to consume it i think if it's available people are going to consume it especially in the larger medias they're going to dissect everything yeah and they're going to put their bias towards it and I, I just don't understand why they do that you give you give people a night with 18 people or two two nights with eight people or whatever it was 10 it's people like, a night for Yeah like nights. you can't you can't comprehend like how, how what's going on the only thing you could do is are the joke ones like oh gee, he spoke spanish can you believe that it's wow. crazy
2: well and that's why Sound he bites. did it that's why i can't hold it against him because he had to do something that was to, and it's the mark you, you know We're right back. You have the soundbite. You had Reagan. There you go again. You know, uh, you sir or no uh, John uh, Jack Kennedy. You, you know, these are the things that we that stand out. So you, sure. you got to take the uh, the soundbite opportunity. That's why I can't fault better work for doing it. I rolled my eyes through my admiration, if that makes sense. He was like, okay, someone had to pull something out. You did, it. of course, Cory Booker is all upset about it. Like, well, I'm going to speak Spanish too. Yeah. I'm surprised it just didn't devolve more.
1: Well, I think that, you know, again, these, these debates are, I mean, I think debate is a term you can use loosely in the way these are formatted right now, right? Because doesn't it run
2: contrary to like the standard of it, the whole purpose of a debate is to, to have enough time uh, to lay out an argument uh, to put it above contestation, mm-hmm. whereas you got 20 people on the stage or 16 back in, you know, the day, yeah. it's soundbite central.
1: And that's, yeah, and, and of course, that's what it is. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, this early on, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't have a real big beef it, with it at this point right. of, mm-hmm. of the process because we're so far out from it right now. But people have to start to uh, get to know people. And the truth is people that at this point in the political process are paying attention to the 2020 presidential election, uh, the primary on the Democratic side, uh, the important thing for those candidates is that somebody knows what their name is,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: the people that are paying attention, they'll go look those people up um, if if they see them on TV and they said something. Oh, I'm going to go look them up and maybe because they may not have even known their name before. If you and if you've seen some of the no- polling numbers that came out about the number of people that didn't know, you know, Kamala Harris didn't even know who she was, or mm-hmm. didn't know Pete Buttigieg, or didn't know whoever. Right? I mean, obviously Biden's got a. Uh, you know, uh, an advantage there because he was the vice president for eight years. Um, and
2: we had the the voices like the Cory Bookers of the world that during the Mueller investigation, you know, they sure. wouldn't be sure. And it was very strategically placed. But I, I agree with you. I think a huge value is the name recognition because I guarantee you that when there were 17 GOP candidates on that stage, none of them, including the candidate himself, thought that Trump was going to be the nominee. Sure. It is guaranteed none of them did so. It, people talking, well, it's early days, you know, well, early days, you know, and I was even one of them going, dude, this is a Democrat wearing a Republican tie. It's yeah. a, it's a setup. And I'm sure even Trump himself had, you know, <laughs> it, it was between seasons of The Apprentice. So sure. it was something to do. And I think he was as surprised as anyone else. Um, so these early days, they can still be very telling sure. to get the name out.
1: And so, you know, I think that's important, uh, for them. I mean, you know, if you, I'll take one in example just because they're starting to release their their financial numbers for their fundraising for the second quarter. I mean, you look at look at a guy like Pete Buttigieg, right? I mean, six months ago, no one probably knew who the guy was. I mean, he's a mayor, and he's the mayor of South mm-hmm. Bend, Indiana, and he started making some noise. He made some comments that, through some doing, you know, his functions, got himself a headline, and then started doing cable news shows over the past several weeks. Mm-hmm. And did very well on them. Quite frankly, he's he's an intelligent guy. I mean, he he's got some good answers for things. He's dealing with his own things right now in South Bend with the the police yeah, involved the, the shooting, shooting that, huh? that happened there, and and not just that, but things that have happened in the past with the police chief there. But and so he's got to you know answer questions to those things. But but what is the advantage that he gave himself by doing those things? I mean, in the second quarter, he raised over twenty five million dollars. So. <sighs> And and why is that? Because he got himself on national television several times and people started knowing who he was and well, but they probably didn't know who he was before he was there. And so they go look him up. And that's the, that's, you know, to me, that's the point of these debates. I'll use quotation marks around the word debates Mm -hmm. because it's not really a debate, right? I mean, you know, Sean, you're right. I mean, you know, debates are, you get two, maybe three people on the stage and you have a topic and somebody says their point on the topic and, Somebody else has a a chance to chime in and say, wait a minute, what about X, Y, and Z? Or, you know what I mean? I mean, that's what debating is.
0: Well, yeah, and I think we're still on that old platform for presenting this kind of content where NBC, Fox, and everyone's like, hey, you got two hours. Because after that, we got Madden Secretary coming. (laughs) Right. And it it just surprises me that we're taking so long to do an open forum, especially as a platform like, the Democratic National Convention or the Republican, like they have their own YouTube channel, they have their own website. Mm-hmm. Well, like, anyone can
2: host a debate. That's the thing. You can go on you, NBC or CNN or whatever, but I mean, you can have Bob's Town Hall. You know, Con- Vern's Country Catfish can host a debate. It's who right? decides to show up to it. That's right. Well,
0: and well, I meant more just like you know, make an impact, let people know who you are. And I think they're. I think a lot of politicians are divided on what they want to be presented as and how often will they screw up. Yeah, because you think about every time and especially the scrutiny, like say a, a, a leader like Donald Trump, every time he goes on any public thing, it's going to be ripped to shit, like just inspected, ripped to shreds and all that. kind. Of- same thing with AOC, I mean, no matter what she says on Twitter, thousands of people are going to read it and do a review oh, of no sure? matter what she says. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks who are running for an office are going to be like you either you're training yourself from day one. Like, kind of like how you are. It's like, are you able to carry a conversation? And if you do a debate, how will you fare? But I think a lot of people who went on that stage were like, "What's that lady with the crystals and stuff like that? <laughs> like, that kind of stuff. You, you The longer, like, uh, Casual Notice said on YouTube, the longer they're out there talking in the longer form, the more they're going to expose who they really are, which could be good or be bad. Yeah, And like you said. Well, good uh, for us,
2: bad for them. Well, like Pete, Endless. for example,
0: Pete, he's got a platform and people are, are latching on to what he is. And then long form, it's going to be better because he clearly seems like a person who's got it together. He's able to respond to people. And, you know, he's not going to be one of those dudes who screams yeehaw kind of thing. But
2: Get off Howard Dean. He was excited. He just won the nomination.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just you know that's what I'm saying. But a lot of people are afraid of people will say that's the reason he lost. So of course, any person running for politics is like I can't do that. How do I not do my yeehaw?
1: Because
0: yeah. I don't think he meant to do that to create that scenario where people say like he's an idiot now. But no, he just got
2: the nomination. I know he was what I'm go like, like, yeah. Clearly,
0: but they took it and they go no more. I'd jump on reason. the
2: couch like Tom yeah. Cruise. <clears throat> and you know, I mean. Well, off the air, I was I was telling Jay that, you know, I hope he runs one day for an open seat on somewhere because I would love to run against him for no other reason than to show the world that you can have people with diametrically opposed political views or stances, but it be about the issues. That char- yeah character matters, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the... It goes beyond what's in a, a financial form or sure. a divorce count or what you, you, you know. You want to make sure that it's basically a good person, a good human person. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to run against Jay, and I told yeah, uh, you know, well Stephen did the same thing. He and I are, are vehemently opposed on many levels, but you get to have the respect to be able to have the conversation, debate, and I'd love to have two people with the the, the to get up behind podium. And present that, saying this is how a debate should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know the bottom line is you know is certainly as a candidate when I ran, and and I'm sure I know I'll be one in the future for something. Um, I'm gonna you take know, you
2: down, Stillberg. It's
1: it's important to to talk about the issues and not be afraid to talk about issues and not be able to to be afraid about what your stance is on an issue. Just like I talked about at the beginning of the show, and and put the facts behind why I have a particular stance on an issue. So, you know, when we look at our, you know, where we live uh, in not just Montgomery County, but in Texas and we should, you know, the things we should be talking about in those areas, right? Again, we should be talking about property taxes and public education funding because what they did in this last legislative session, is, is like putting a band-aid on a compound fracture it's and
2: they only meet every two
1: years it's not going to it did not fix the problem it, yeah. it put a short very very short term because there's no long-term funding mechanism in anything they did right so it's a it's a short-term fix we sh- we need to be talking about that quite frankly we still need to have a Medicaid expansion conversation in the state of Texas're we're, we're one of only 14 states that haven't done it uh, and we need to have a conversation about that and 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 we because that has a lot of things that roll into it. And, and people may talk about different things and have, have different opinions about Medicaid expansion, uh, but there's also facts about Medicaid expansion that, that, that need to be put on the table as well. So, so there's a lot of things that you know, we should be talking about and, and obviously things like flooding and natural disasters, those things happen in Texas, right? Because we have, we have this thing called a coast with the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Um, and we also have areas that burn, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just always, you know, a, a hurricane is a coming. it's, it's, things can burn. Um, so I know you had a show a couple days ago, you talked about part of Texas burn many years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, there's things we need to talk about and not be afraid to talk about, right? And of course, you know, at the local state level, you can always talk about things like immigration and, and, and gun control and abortion. But the truth is, is that, uh, the states can do certain things when it comes to some of those topics, but, but but really they're more federal issues at the moment. I mean, states can do certain things and, and, and they should have the right to, um, but a lot of those topics are not necessarily so polarizing with the exception maybe of abortion with the things that happened during this last legislative session, not necessarily in Texas, but just across mm-hmm. the country. Um, but we can't be afraid to talk about those things, you know. We, we can't be afraid to talk about immigration and what's what's right and what's wrong. And I mean that system's been broken for forty years, and no neither side has, has, has put, you know, their cojones, if I can say that, on the table to try to help to, to, to try to solve the problem. And and that's what needs to happen. We need to solve the problem. Uh, I'm a root cause analysis guy, and I want to you know we need to look at root causes for problems and not put band aids on problems that may fix it in the short term. Um, And and, and keep, you know, my my problem with a lot of politicians is they do things that are short-term fixes that keep their their seat safe for them, uh, but they're not necessarily the right thing to do because they're worried about getting reelected. And, and, you know, those those types of things just unfortunately are not my cup of tea when it comes to politics. I mean, I know if I ever get a chance to serve uh, people in a certain community or whatever it is, and I have four years to do it, I will do everything in my power in that four years uh, regardless of political consequences, because I can care now. less.
0: We, you say that now, but then Google calls you, and then they kind of persuade, the persuade you in one way or another. I,
1: I suspect Google won't call me, but, 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 but again, I know, and people say that all the time, right? That, oh, yeah, but if you get there, this is what's going to happen. And I'm just like, you know, I grew up a certain way. I was raised a certain way. I have certain morals and ethics, and my morals and ethics aren't based on dollar signs and power.
2: Well, I think every politician there literally comes a moment where they have to determine what kind of politician they're going to be. Yep. If they do the well, my opponent dates goats. You know, you, you just go. You know, you you have that decision to make. So, Jay, on a on a state level, because I think mm-hmm. county's too small and presidential is too big. So mm-hmm. this hypothetical, I, I frequently say, you hear me say that I, I think the wrong arguments are being gone after. Uh, so you're running for a state office uh and so many stand you know what's your stance on this and that well that has nothing to do with this office with this position whatsoever yeah what do you think so running for a state office say gubernatorial or state senator or something are the top 3 items to me it would be education because that's mm-hmm. state driven i think uh healthcare the state driven healthcare mm-hmm. um and I think immigration, especially for us, it, it, it's it's a hot button topic that needs to be addressed. Stuff like abortion, marriage, anything—it's like it's too polarizing. Nothing's going to get done. So those are those are my three. What would your top three be?
1: Well, uh, I again, I certainly think education is number one. We have a big problem in mm-hmm. the state uh, with with number one properly funding public education, but number two, taking care of our teachers and paying them right and making sure they have retirement <laughs> systems that actually work for them and and access to, to uh, health care coverage that actually is affordable for teachers.
2: Because a lot of people um, don't know teachers don't get Social Security.
1: Yeah, and it, and it depends them. on the district, right? Mm-hmm. Some districts let them opt in or out of Social Security. So it, it's not a statewide thing. I mean, there are districts that do, you know, do the Social Security thing, but not many of them, mm-hmm. by the way. is very few. Um, but you're right. So, so they kind of rely on, they've given, you know, they rely on the state of Texas. And The only way they can get Social Security is if they have some other job that they qualify for Social Security for, mm-hmm. but not through teaching. Um, so you know it's incumbent on the, the state. They put a lot of trust in the state many many years ago to to have a robust system where they can be covered with retirement and they can be covered with health care. And I think you know we're doing a dismal job of of doing that. Um. So you know, so there's public education and obviously health care kind of rolled into that. I mm-hmm. think health care is vitally important to so many facets of things. You know, that's why I said, I think there needs to be a conversation on the table of Medicaid expansion. And, and, and the bottom line is, in my opinion, this state's been Republican for a long time and the Republicans are resistant to it because they're resistant. They don't like Obamacare. They don't like the ACA, uh, which is the same thing, by the way, for those of you that may <laughs> yeah. not know. Um, they're so resistant to it just because it's an Obama thing and they don't like it and they don't like the premise behind it. Um, and, 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 and so be it if that's the way they want to feel about it but the, you know again they need to look at what is for the greater good of the state and and now we actually have some some studies and some data from several other states that have actually expanded medicaid and 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 we can actually now talk with data and facts about how it actually affects the state and i think that's why we need to start having this conversation because we find that there's there's actually the state's benefit from actually expanding medicaid not only that they can you know the state of texas for example can Put an additional 1.2 million people uh, on health insurance. Uh, the bottom line is it cuts down on the number of people that are uninsured that go to uh, emergency rooms for their health care and then they, they can't afford to pay, so they don't pay, Well, the state pays. So it cuts back on that. I mean if we look at states like Arkansas, I mean from, from 2018 to 2021, they're going to save 440 plus million dollars in their budget because they expanded Medicaid. Uh, if we look at a state like Michigan, Michigan's going to save over a billion dollars over the same par- moment, and, uh, same time span, 2018 to 2021, because they expanded Medicaid. Is it a perfect program? Absolutely not. Are there people that are going to take advantage of it? Of course there are. Of any program you could ever have that's out there. But at the end of the day, when you look at the, the, the overall benefit, uh, especially if you look at a cost analysis, uh, it's just a no-brainer that we should be doing it and not putting partisan politics in the way just because we don't like it because it was an Obama thing. Uh, so I think these are these are conversations we need to put on the table, and immigration. I think immigration is a great topic. I, uh, you know, uh, but the state really has to. I mean, there's only so much the state can do when it comes to immigration. I mean, mm-hmm. immigration's. I mean, yes, it's a state issue because we're on the border. I get it, um, but immigration law is a federal law, right? I mean, well, ICE agents I are federal are... <laughs> agents, and and we we need to work with them and and come up with solutions to our immigration problem, right? I mean. We need to look at more border security. And what do I mean by that? We need to look at, hey, are there areas on the border where a fence or, or a wall would be appropriate that it doesn't exist? Sure. Then put it there. But are there areas that, that makes no sense? Yeah. But we have all this technology. Let's use it and, and put technology in place that can do this. Let's put more border patrol agents on the border. I mean, we shouldn't have you know a 50-mile stretch of, of border that's covered by one border patrol agent. Who can possibly do that? So, so we need to put the money and resources into those things to improve our border security. That's absolutely what we should be doing. And, and we need to work with the federal government to, to be able to do that in the, in the right humane manner. And, and there's a difference between you know, uh, illegal immigrants that are criminals that come into this country and asylum seekers, there are differences. Mm-hmm. Those are not the same thing and people need to understand that. And we need to have a system that can handle it. And, and that's the challenge we have right now. We don't have yeah, a system that can handle. Well, I it.
0: was always wondering with the current climate and especially the news cycle uh, for the past, you know, three or four years. Do you think more people are inclined to illegally migrate to this country because of the topic? Because a lot of times, you know, the history of illegal immigration is, you know, the, the core is typically something's happening in your community that you cannot be there mm-hmm. either because you're you're you know you need to feed your kids or you personally need to you different. Know, you just need to do something different like You sure. find a job or whatever and i always wondered with the current climate and everyone talking about it i go man you know there's going to be some people profiting from this like you got to take advantage of it. like say either you're a coyote or if you're well you sure know, people that
1: want to do illegal things they're they're going to absolutely try to benefit I, on it
0: cuz i always wondered you know, you're always faced with that decision, like, oh, what do you, when you steal the medicine to save your child? Kind of yeah. ethical decision. Sure. Like, and people do make that decision where it's like, you know, we need to find a better place. That's true. And right? unfortunately for us, that place is a thousand miles north. That's where we think it is. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, you're talking about the detention centers and that's kind of the the, the hot topic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder why they're, you know, is it really always been this bad or is it been this bad because of, People being uh, being like, oh, we we need to go. Well, we need to go because it's in the news. They're they're doing certain things, and we can Im- figure it out.
1: Immigration cyclic, right? It goes up and down. It doesn't, you know. It, it, sometimes we have highs, and sometimes we have lows, and and because
0: that'd be interesting to see the, the numbers. The hope is
1: always the hope is always that you can get a trend that goes in the downward yeah. direction for illegal immigration, right? When I'm talking about legal immigration. I'm talking about illegal immigration, and. And so, what we see uh, uh, is happening now again—a root cause guy, right? So, where are most, of the, where are a lot of these folks coming from? Canada. Uh, <laughs>
2: Damn Canadians. Where
1: they're coming from is uh, El Salvador and uh, Ecuador and mm. the, those Central American countries, the, the Northern Triangle, as it's called. And and so, you know, from a federal government standpoint, you know, the truth is we need to be looking at ways to help improve uh those areas uh whether it's with economic help or whatever it is we understand the governments they have but their their economies are so inconsequential compared to ours the amount of aid that would help do some things is is probably not even a rounding error in our national in our federal budget <laughs> yeah, but right but but the point of i'm trying to make is is that uh so when I talk about asylum seekers, so these people deal with gangs and death and, you know, yeah. and Honduras and those types of areas. I've, you know, I've um, traveled down to some of those areas. Um, so what they do is they say, I can't deal with this with my kids. I'm gonna take my kids and I'm gonna go to the United States. So they come to the United States and, and just like we saw this picture with this father and daughter in, in, the, in the river. Um, so what happened in that story? Well, they came to a border station. They came to a crossing point. And requested asylum, and because the government right now is using a metering program, they said, "Well, we're not going to be able to get to you for however long it was," and sent them away and said, "Go away." Essentially, yeah. And so they were desperate. So what did right, wrong, or otherwise? To me, this is just like, am I going to steal the medicine to save my yeah. kid or not?
2: But when you have twelve million people suddenly saying, "So I need asylum." Well, Instead and if I need a job. And,
1: and and so we have to understand that every asylum seeker that's seeking asylum doesn't it's not granted, right? A majority of these cases are actually not granted. I think the number is well, something it's like also 19%. Yeah, a majority of, them,
2: yeah, majority of right? them aren't asylum cases.
1: So so There's they're seeking asylum, they do request asylum <clears> for whatever reason, but when it goes through the process, they said no. They say no, and yeah. what do they do after they say no? They deport them. That's how the program is supposed yeah. to work right? So, but we don't have enough immigration judges in these jurisdictions to even handle all these cases, right? So that this is why, you know, someone may come, they might get a court date, and it may be who knows how long from now. And and we know that some of those people don't show up for court. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't think it's probably a, a majority, but I'm sure there's people that don't show up to court, just like Americans don't go show up to court when they're supposed to show up <laughs> to court, you know? And, and we have to understand that Every immigrant, whether it's legal or illegal, that comes across the border is not a violent criminal. Um, people will argue, well, they committed a crime by crossing the border illegally. Okay, fair. fair, They did. But I'm talking about violent crimes, murder, rape, those types of things, sexual assault, uh, the vast majority. Well, It's such a small percentage of these people that do this. Well, do we hold those right? accountable, but, though? But, but then forward. we have the fear that goes on through social media about everyone that comes across illegally does yeah. these things, which is absolutely not true. Right. So, so again, our system has been broken for decades and we've failed to fix it from long ago. So in my opinion, to a certain degree, we have no one but ourselves to blame for how we have issues that go on at the border because we've refused as a country and, and our politicians have certainly refused to actually fix the problem or at least attempt to fix the problem. Um, it's more about sound bites to get reelected, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Um, both sides have done it, both sides are guilty of doing it, right? And some people fail to recognize that. At one point in time, Obama was referred to as the deporter in chief. So we cannot forget that, right? I mean, it's not like you know every Democrat says, oh, we shouldn't have any laws at all, and all the Republicans say we should have all these laws. That's not how it works. I mean, there were people furious at at Obama for how he handled a lot of things when it came to immigration. But at the end of the day, uh, we need to do things with immigration in a humane way because they are still human beings and we should treat them like they're human beings and not like they're garbage or second-class citizens. And so you know, that's where I have trouble with what's going on. We don't have the Justice Department in place or the legal, uh, the judges in place to be able to handle the volume that even comes to them. We don't have enough border agents to, to deal with things that happen at the border. We need to start using more technology. I mean, these are things that we need to do. And, 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 you know, some people may be surprised that a Democrat is sitting here saying these things. But every Democrat I know that I have these conversations with, is, this is exactly what we talk about. right? And that's so, kind of
2: my point. You heard it here first, whether you're a, you know, sensible Republican or a bleeding heart Democrat joking people <laughs> uh you know jay and i of the top three things we'd look at we we agree these situations are broken there's common ground already and the people. last one i'll
1: throw in is yeah. and it goes along with with the public education funding is property taxes right we pay a lot in property taxes but property taxes and public education funding in texas are in, interrelated yeah large. they
2: are in a great, yeah i would have to include that in the the education argument see so we agree and there are situations, so people agree out there. Hold your hand, hold hands, sing the Coca Cola commercial <laughs> song. There we go. And let's get some stuff done.
0: We got to go, guys. So yeah, we over. my mom just Great called. Being yeah, here. It's 11 11. Uh, Jay again. Hey,
1: happy 4th <laughs> of July, everybody. Yeah, yeah, everyone, enjoy
0: your uh, day off I'll tomorrow. be at the parade
1: tomorrow in the woodlands. Okay. Come see us.
0: All right. And uh, I'll be watching, not you there. Can, you can find Jay online. Just look him up. I kind of attached everything he's got in our Remember, Jay Settleberg is for Texas. He's not against it, so there you go. That's nice. That's yeah. a good place to start. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we will be back on Friday, right, Sean? I don't think Sean will be here. So no, I got a hot date on uh, Friday. We're going to figure out Friday for me. I'm going to try to find a co-host, but we'll update you on our social media if we're going to be having a show because we're supposed to have the Connor Art League in. But uh, I, might, I, have show. I might just have Sean call them to cancel them because
2: of your fault. Buck up, little beaver. You'll (laughs) find someone. You'll find some sucker.
0: But uh, we got more coming this way on Lone Star Community Radio. Stick around. You are listening to Montgomery County's Community Radio Station. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget, we do podcasts every episode on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, We're going to be announcing when that's all set up because we converted our name to a different name. But uh, but make sure to subscribe to the Mornings of the Lone Star channel for right now, and then it will be switched over. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys later.